Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've got one question for you. Are you ready to get your game on? The longest-running off-road and action motorsports radio show on the planet is coming to you live with the biggest guest in motorsports. Here is the only man on the planet who can pack this much dirt slinging and tire slaying into two hours a week. Sit back, strap in, and be prepared to get your ears blown. Here is Jim Beaver and the Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Good morning and welcome to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. We are lit up by Rigid Industry, schooled by Dirtfish Rally School. Anywhere is possible with General Tire. And uh, new to the show, stoked to announce that uh, our audio is provided by MTX Audio. So skip on over to MTX.com and check out how they can reshape how you listen to music and produce audio. Uh, I am your host, Jim Beaver, and uh, I got to tell you, we are back here in the studio from the Mint 400, and the Mint 400 did not disappoint this year. Easiest way to put it, man, it was absolutely a remarkable, epic, epic event of uh, just uh, a huge magnitude. Um, Some of the biggest, best in the business were there, not only in off-road, but we were drawn from people from all different walks of motorsports. Uh, Guys like Patrick Dempsey were there. Obviously, Sal Masakela, he's back there. He got hooked last year, and Sal, I had a chance to talk with him for about 10, 15 minutes, and man, the guy is just, uh, he is loving off-road racing. Um, You know, star-studded cast, you've seen the social media, you know who was there, you know the players involved, but I got to tell you, it was an absolute epic, epic event. We're going to dive into that uh, here shortly. Guests today, most of them surrounding the Mint 400. First up in the box is going to be none other than Shannon Campbell. This interview has been a long time coming. I got to tell you, Shannon, I've known him for quite some time. And Shannon, uh, you know, we know him from Ultra 4 Racing, absolutely one of the most dominating forces in Ultra 4 Racing. Uh, Also a heck of a desert racer. He was at the Mint 400. He finished the Mint 400, more than I can say for a lot of drivers. Shannon finishing the Mint 400. He is going to be calling in here in just a couple of minutes. Then kicking off hour number two, we're going to have Amy Jean Scott, your 2015 Miss Mint. She's going to be calling in. And we're going to talk with the newly crowned Miss Min about what it is to be Miss Min and what she thought of uh, of the event and what's up uh, next for her, uh, you know, with the, with this new crown. And then finally closing out the show like we do every week here on the Down and Dirty Radio Show. It's going to be Amy Hood. Amy's going to be calling in. We're going to be talking some Supercross. More importantly, she was also a Miss Mint finalist. So, Amy, we're going to find out uh, what her first take on desert racing was. And she had the opportunity to uh, co-host the Down and Dirty Radio Show live from Fremont Street on Friday with me for two hours. Uh, so we'll talk about some of the interviews and, and personalities we got to meet while we were down there and uh, 
Those of you who missed that show on Friday live from uh, Fremont Street, you definitely want to skip back. Talk about a great, uh, a great group of people we interviewed. Something like 13, 14 different drivers interviewed and personalities. Uh, everybody from Ronnie Renner to Ryan Arciero. Uh, talk about just an epic uh, event and show. But uh, right now it looks like we've got Shannon Campbell calling in. How's everything going, my friend? Good. How you guys doing? I'm doing good, buddy. Uh, I got to tell you, first off, tip of the cap to you. Uh, I know you'd said that car that you were racing in uh, in class one, you didn't get a chance to uh, put many miles on it. And, uh, you know, you walked away with a finish. You got to be stoked on that. Yeah, that was, that was my goal was just to finish that race. I, I like to go to win, but I know that I hadn't driven it in three years and didn't know what to expect. And, uh, no, we, I was lucky I finished. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I well, I think you guys took uh, what fourth, just one spot out of the podium, right? Yeah, we were fourth in class one and twentieth uh, overall. Yeah. Well, I got to say, I know uh, you did the Blue Water Desert Challenge last year, and you try and it seems like you you know you make it to to maybe yeah you try and make it to at least one event uh, you know desert race a year. It seems like um, you know jumping into the Mint Four Hundred. I mean, were you expecting the carnage out there? Because I know you and I, um, you know, we, we had a chance to qualify you know right next to each other when we were talking. But out on course, man, you, you tell me, I saw more rolled over and wrecked cars than I think I've seen anywhere. It was pretty crazy. I think they were trying to drive like they usually do. Through the dirt and like a wing nut and just you know crashing their stuff and hitting stuff and yeah I, I think that's the slowest I've ever gone I felt like a school bus out there getting past a lot and then finally the last lap we kind of picked it up a little bit yeah well and I think that was it you know the first lap I, I told my brother radio in because I was doing the first and the third and he was jumping in on the second one I said I don't care if you have to get past just get it back around the lap because you're going to pass 30 40 cars just because they're going to be parked on the side of the road you know yeah, that's the hard part is letting them go by, and but you know, you know, you got basically you're racing yourself. You know, make sure you make it to the finish. Yeah, for sure. So uh, you know, obviously the car you said you haven't driven it in three years. You brought it out. I know you're talking about uh, testing last weekend and uh, losing drive lines, and every bolt on the uh, on the car was loose. I mean, sounds like you guys got it back together, and and obviously you finished this one. We're going to see you uh, see it maybe a few more this year. Desert racing events. It just depends on my schedule. I got my kids racing on for four and stuff now, and it's pretty busy. It's just maintaining these cars. You know, it takes a lot of work and uh, to go prepared. And we'll see see what happens. I'd really like to. It just you know depends on money and time. Yeah. Well, you know, talk about your Ultra 4 program. We'll do, and we'll jump back to desert racing in a little bit. But, I mean, you know, you're one of those guys. You've been a pillar of that community, uh, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, I, it's been in, in many different forms over the past, you know, 10, 15 years. But, I mean, you're a pillar of that community. I mean, Ultra 4, I know, you know, you talked to me about, uh, you know, kind of taking a little bit of a step back now and, and letting your son kind of take the reins and, and making it more of a family affair. Yeah, I'm trying to get them, you know, up to the – level that i'm at i mean they're both good drivers but you know it takes experience to learn how to, to accommodate and handle everything you know being able to work on the cars and it, it's a full package you know you need to learn it all but you know I, i'm trying to teach them and at the same time have fun i mean i love racing i don't want to quit or nothing but i want to get them on on the same level i'm at right now and and have some fun yeah well you know let's talk uh real quick about you know king of the hammers because that event i mean 
uh, is so diverse in, in what you've got to be able to do. And I and I think these Ultra 4 cars, I mean, you know, I, I drive a trophy truck, but the Ultra 4 cars just, they blow my mind, I mean, what they're capable of because, you know, you can take them through a high-speed desert section, um, you know, and then you can be, you know, going up, uh, you know, you know, going through the rocks and, and some of the crazy stuff, uh, uh, you know, you see it, it, you know, at King of the Hammers, and then you can run them on short course. And, I mean, I've seen these things at Glen Helen and at, and at Elsinore. I mean, it, it, talk about just the diversity diverse vehicle and, and with the capabilities. Yeah, they're, you know, they're kind of, I always say they're half-assed at everything. They're not, you know, they're not the best at one thing, but they're built to kind of handle any kind of terrain where, you know, a desert car is actually tuned for the desert and, and real high speeds. And so a hammer's car, you know, you got the tail weight that, you know, we try and run them about 50-50 so that they do good, good on the climbs and you don't have nothing dragging when you put it up on a waterfall or something and you do the, the desert, you want that tail weight back there, so it kind of hurts it hurts some cars in the desert a little bit because they get a little buck. And I'm sure everybody's seeing. It. They're like, man, that guy needs to tune that car, but it's actually, you know, they're tuned for what we do, and it's, to to really make it good for the desert, it needs a a sparing and counterbalance on the behind the axle. Yeah, you know, how, how have you seen those cars evolve? Because, I mean, i, I got to tell you, you know, the, the technology you guys are running now at, at, at an elite level, uh, you know, and, and obviously your program is, is probably one of the top three, four, five programs, you know, out there. Um, you know, talk about the technology and the change, you know, over the past, you know, say 15 years. Because, I mean, the cars now are so drastically different than, uh, you know, than, than the cars we traditionally think, you know, when, when it was strictly just, say, a, a rock crawling series. Yeah, you know, it kind of started with the IFS and evolved in, and now we're using a lot more of the desert technology because of the speeds that we're running and the different terrains where we got more high-speed stuff. So, they're, you know, the the A-arms and stuff on them, I think they're built a little bit heavier than, like, your normal desert car and stuff a little beefier because we're hitting rocks and walls and stuff. And, and then, uh, you know, just the rest of the stuff, we're basically using the same stuff as a desert car. So it's kind of evolving into that. The only thing we're we're missing is the the tail weight and the balance of the car, you know, to get the dynamic right for high speeds. But like I said, they do everything like short course. They really shine on a short course because um, they're all wheel drive, and you know the power we're getting up there in the power now. I think this this year is the first year I've gone to where we're actually running race gas. You know, and that, that's crazy because most people traditionally think of those rigs. They're like, well, you, you know, in the past, it's, it's been you don't really need horsepower. You can get by with, you know, say 400 horsepower because it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't a horsepower thing. It was, you know, more about the, the finesse, I guess, you know. And, and now, you know, with the speed you guys are reaching, I mean, it's these things are, are just, you know, hybrid race vehicles. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, like even the desert car, the one that I built for the desert that I ran this weekend, it's got a, a little motor and because it's all wheel drive you know it's it's not as fast as a lot of them things that you know but it's but it's more controlled and it's kind of like being on a track you you know so you don't need a whole lot of power which makes it good for efficiency and, and stuff like that you know where we can run like that car still runs on pump gas and it's uh it's cheap for one that's what i like about it and you can get the fuel of the pump but you know it's just a simple car it's all wheel drive so you don't have to put rear tires on it every fuel stop and you know just simple things yeah well and i know you know that car you know particularly looking at the mint course i mean obviously you know you get on the dry lakes and stuff like that and, and there was some some spots where you could definitely use a lot of horsepower and and you know one of these big rear wheel drive cars but you know you look at the rock sections we went through and, and some of the silt and stuff like that i mean that that's got to be where you're making up time in a desert race in, in a car like yours yeah it's, it's just it goes easy and i mean 
it's got more in it. I just I was afraid to push it and break it. You know, it's one of them things either finish and make everybody on the team happy or go home broke and cussing. <laughs> oh, I get you there, man. Uh, well, you know, talking about your program, I mean, you know, you, you, I got a tip of the cap to you because we talk about, you know, there's a lot of people in off-road motorsports where it'd be desert racing or short course or, or, uh, you know, or, you know, the ultra fours, uh, that, you know, a lot of it, it's a hobby to them, you know, and, and, you know, if they get a little sponsor dollars coming in, it's great, but you know, your team has been successful in marketing your program. I mean, and your partners, I mean, you guys have, uh, have been able to attract and, and keep some great companies. I mean, Monster Energy, Nitto Tire. Um, you know, talk a little bit about that because I mean, you guys are, are one of the you know the few teams that have actually been able to been successful in the in the sponsorship game. Yeah, I mean, you look at the car and you think it's fully sponsored and everything. A lot of my, I mean, I am sponsored for Ultra Four, and I take that and I spread it like butter. I mean, everybody thinks I got this big program. What I have is good friends and family that helps out and you know helps me get to these races. And and then, you know, the parts are there and stuff. But money-wise, I mean, we're scraping like the rest of them. It just, just because we show up, it still, I like everything to look the same, you know what I mean? That, that people recognize our cars by what they look like. So I try to keep it looking the same, even though they might not sponsor me for that event or something. But people recognize it, and it, I don't know, I try to keep it the same. And uh, if it wasn't for the friends that come out and volunteer to help and all that, I wouldn't be out there. Yeah. Well, you know, talking about, you know, your program and, and that and, and obviously, you know, the diversity of, of the Ultra 4 Series and then, you you know, you, you try and run some desert racing here and there. I mean, you know, what 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 is Shannon Campbell's favorite uh, favorite type of terrain? I mean, because obviously you, you race everything. I mean, there's got to be something that sticks out in your mind. You get to a section in a course of, of a certain feature and you're like, all right, you know, this is where I'm going to this is where I'm going to make time. You know, what 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 is Shannon Campbell if you could design your own course? I mean, what would it look like? I like the just the technical stuff, the twisty. I like a lot of jumps. I, I love short course, um, but I love things that just come out of the dark. You know, I everybody loves. You know, I get a lot of people that say, "I love getting on that lake bed and just holding it down." And I don't know. To me, you might as well get in your goddamn car and drive down the freeway. But <laughs> I love the technical. You know, where it takes a driver to do it and coming out of the corners and setting it up. And you know what I mean? I lo- I love that part of it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you talk about uh, short course, and I, I think there's a bunch of people listening. No, please keep Shannon out of Pro 4, man. I think uh, that would be fun to watch you let loose in a Pro 4. If I, if I had the money, I'd damn, I, <laughs> short course was one of my favorite things, just banging doors and throwing it into a corner next to about three or four guys. And, you know, I never did get it totally figured out when I was running pro light, but it was definitely fun. And it's it's like motocross in a truck on steroids, you know. Yeah, for sure. You know, let's talk about the industry real quick, you know, because you, you've been around for a while. You've seen, you know, the ups and downs of this industry. And, and, you know, we're definitely, whether we're talking Ultra 4, short course, desert racing, I mean, the off-road industry right now, we're riding on a high. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, exposure is, is as high as it's been in, in probably forever. I mean, entry lists are up, whether you're talking, you know, Ultra 4, short course, desert. Um, you know, how have you seen this industry change in the past 15 years? I mean, and, and what do you think contributes to that? Because I mean, we're riding a wave right now. That just keeps growing. It gets, it's getting bigger and bigger. I, I mean, it's almost hard for a lot of the big companies that's like the tire sponsors and the main sponsors to show up because they're trying to do so many events. To me, I feel like everything's getting diluted because there's so much going on. It'd be cool. I think if, if you took, some of these desert races and our races and somehow put them together where it makes it even bigger. You know what I mean? Where 
all the whole crowd shows up at once. It makes it simple for the sponsors. They're spending less money going to 500 events. You know, they're at a few events, and they really focus on it and penetrate the deal, and then people don't have to take off so much work and spend so much time trying to help all their friends that do so many different things. Yeah, I I could totally see that. I mean, I think that would be something really cool. You see something like the MIT 400 where we're drawing, you know, 300-plus, you know, entries in in desert cars, you know, bring in an Ultra 4-type event, you know, and and make festivities last a week long, you know, run Ultra 4s on a couple of days, run the desert cars a couple of days, and and really make it, uh, you know, a major uh, off-road event, not just a desert racing event. Yeah, and that, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we do in Ultra 4, it's not, Sometimes there's not even rocks involved, you know. It's just different types of terrain, which makes them a, you know, it's a unique vehicle. We can go on different terrains, and it doesn't necessarily, just because we're ultra four, have to go in the rocks. You know, I would even think, you know, if you took a race and you put it on the, you know, say like one of our races, we just make part of the series run with Casey's. They they did it once before, or, you know, just go to different series and run, jump in, and we run the same course as them and just make it a series where we run mixed in with another race, you know, and then it kind of, I think it would piece it back up and the sponsors would be happy because they're, they get to be in one place and kill two birds with one stone, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk real quick about King of the Hammers. I mean, because that, that event in just a few short years, I mean, I, I still say it's, you know, you don't want to say it's in its infancy, but, you know, that event really hasn't been around, uh, around for that long. I mean, you talk about the Mint 400 and, you know, 30, 40 years of legacy there. But, I mean, you know, King of the Hammers, that's like the 10,000-pound the gorilla in the room, you know, in the off-road industry. I mean, it's the place where everybody wants to go. And whether you're a short course guy, a desert guy, you want to find a ride for uh, for the King of the Hammers. I mean, it, what do you think contributes to that? Because, I mean, what Dave's built there, I mean, is, is remarkable. I mean, it's such a huge marketing event. I mean, with the live stream and, and the reach, uh, it, it truly has become almost a global phenomenon. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's grown so big, and it's kind of a prestigious race. You know, we're, like, it's the, it's the big name. So a lot of the people that can't afford to race all year, they spend their money all year and their time all year building a car so they can go race that one race. And that's where you get the entries and stuff like Throughout the year, we dropped down. I mean, we're probably at some of the races, 100 car entries on some of the smaller race, series races that we have. But like the Mint 400, you know, they necked it off at 3.30, I think. And, you know, everybody wants to race it because it's a prestigious race and they want to be a part of it and put their, you know, I did that for once. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a mar- milestone for someone's life. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, geez, you talk about it, and it's like the Mint 400. I mean, what it takes to win that. I mean, I would say King of the Hammers the same way. I mean, you just have to have almost a perfect day because the competition level is, is so high. I mean, just no mistakes and, and almost push as hard as you can. You know, it's such a such a tough race to win. Yeah, it's one of them things, you know, it's like push or break or, you know, it's hard to figure out what to do. And I know I've talked to some of Rob Max guys, and, and they said, you know, he was just killing it, and then, stripped the drive shafts flying out or something stupid, you know, and lost just a little bit of time. And, you know, then Lofton comes in there. Them guys are all, it's so close. I mean, all it takes is the smallest thing to, to knock you out. And, and uh, you just got to push through. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, talking about Shannon Campbell and, and 2015 and, and uh, Campbell Racing, I mean, what, what can we expect from you guys? Uh, you know, what's the schedule look like? And, uh, you know, kind of bring us in the loop here. Well, our, our next race that we do is up at they call it NorCal the Stampede. Um it's a real fun race. It's on a short course. They got rock sections in it and uh all three of us will, will be running that, me and my kids and uh we're gonna do the whole West Coast series and then if I get some time I might go go out east. We'll have to see what happens. I might just say, Well, I'm gonna go desert race instead of going back east or 
or something. I still got my short course truck. I want to drive every day. And I don't know. I, I'm going to try and do everything I can. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, and I think it's it's pretty cool. You know, you're trying to spread it with the boys and, and bring them in the fold. And, and how are they coming along as drivers? They, they're doing really good. Wayland's, Wayland's a really good driver. He's consistent. And and uh, I've kind of beat him off of being aggressive because I know that's I'm aggressive and it's lost a lot more races than it's helped me, you know, but <laughs> it's fun. That's I love being aggressive, but it costs money and uh, you don't win championships being aggressive. And then my daughter's she's kind of a wing nut and we got to keep her shut down and she, she don't, she don't have the driving skill that her brother's got yet, but she's getting better every time and she's not afraid to push it. So I think, I think this year's going to be a good year for her. We're going to, I got a friend of mine riding with her and just try and teach her a little bit more and get her more comfortable with the cars and what to do in situations. And I think it's going to be good. Yeah, well, and you gotta gotta love it, you know, having a daughter and, and bringing her into the fold, and uh, you, you gotta love just the past, you know, five ten years. It seems like, especially in the off road industry, you know, the doors have kind of been blown wide open for uh, for female drivers. And I know I've got a daughter that's six, and she loves riding her fifty and, and going, you know, and and trying to drive razors and things like that, you know. And I, I think it's it's kind of cool now that you know girls can can see, you know, that hey, I can be a driver too. And I think those doors are wide open. Whereas say ten fifteen years ago, you know, there was maybe one or two females competing. Now there's you know countless yeah there's quite a few out there now and it see it's funny because it seems like the more people see the different girls coming in more want to get into it and and there is some good there's some girls out there that are pretty damn good you know it just takes time and i mean i've been doing this for a long time and i still learn something new every day yeah. Well, and I think that's the, more, the moral of the story, you know, because I'm the same way. Every time I'm in, you know, whether it be a truck or a rally car or even a razor, I mean, and you're out and you encounter a situation, I mean, you know, you constantly are learning and learning and learning. And, it, it, you know, and I don't think there ever reaches something where when you're behind the wheel, you can't learn something. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you, man, I appreciate you uh, taking the call uh, or t- taking the time to call in today. And, uh, you know, want to wish you and, and the family uh, best of luck this year. And, uh, you know, anybody you want to thank uh, before we let you go? And uh, where can people find out more information on your race team? Yeah, just all my friends that, that come out and help me and my family and and all the sponsors that I have. It, it's, it's been great. And I couldn't do it without them. And, you know, my wife does all my Facebook and stuff like that. I don't really know how to run a computer, but uh, it's, I think, Campbell Racing or something like that on Facebook. And, yeah, appreciate everybody that I've seen out there that helped out. And I had a good time. It was a good event. Yeah, for sure, and uh, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely share your links to uh, social media. I love it. You know, you say, oh, I don't do the computer too much. You're, you're more concerned with the steering wheel, right? Yeah, I just <laughs> I like working on the cars and driving them. I'm a Master, I guess you'd say. <laughs> yeah, that's you. My dad's the same way. He's like, ah, phones, computers, ah, I don't need that crap. You know, he's like, I just want to work yeah. and and drive, and you know, and I, I can I can definitely appreciate that, man. Yeah, my wife, she's always giving me crap. She says. Didn't you do this? I said I got people for that, and that people's her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I got to ask you before we go, though. I mean, you know, it's got to be great, but uh, you know, you you, uh, you as a Monster Energy athlete, I mean, I, I got to ask you, how did that come about? I mean, obviously, you're one of the top programs and stuff like that. How, how's it been working with Monster Energy? That's got to be pretty fun, huh? It's awesome. I couldn't do it without them. I mean, they they uh, helped me out for for all my stuff, and then I kind of take it and try and make it even better for them, and you know, spread it between all these events that. You know that they're really I'm not sponsored to do, but they've been good to me, and and uh, I just kind of stumbled into the deal. A good friend of mine, Marty Fioka, 
you know, he came to me back in, I think it was 05, and he said, hey, these guys are looking for someone, you know, would you be interested? And I was like, oh, heck yeah, you know, and it was kind of a weird deal. I mean, a lot of people would laugh, but we were uh, we were at a bar at the FEMA show, and I think we was at the Circle Bar, and he introduced me to Joe Parsons, and I was getting my whole crew a bunch of drinks, and at the time, we were drinking uh, Red Bull and vodka, and uh, Marty Fioka walks up to me, and he goes, hey, this is Joe with Monster, and I was like, hey, how you doing? And this is before he told me, you know, what was going on, and I said, right on. I said, I'm getting drinks. You guys want a Red Bull vodka? And Marty hit me in the arm. He goes, damn it, Shannon. He goes, I'm trying to hook you up with this guy. He goes, he's a monster guy. I said, well, I'm sorry. You want a monster vodka? And so that was how it all started. And it was kind of a crazy deal. But now it's all monster vodka for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's too funny. You know, I, I laugh because I, I, I tell people that. I mean, I, I, you know, everybody thinks, you know, the sponsorship deals and stuff are, are these, you know, suit and tie affairs and closed door meetings and, and things like that. And I said, you know, most of the sponsors I've got have, have, like you said, you know, they've been around a bar or just shooting the shooting the shit with somebody. And I said, that's really, you know, it, it, there's no magic to it. It seems to me like, you know, the best sponsorships I've ever had have organically happened like that you know you know what I, there's a lot of people out there that come to me and say how did you do this how did you land that and to tell you the truth i think if you're just a personable person and you get along with everybody that's the number one spend money on marketing and and uh, wasting your time you know trying to send proposals people don't look at proposals you know what i mean they're looking for a person that's unique i think and that that gets along with everybody and, you know, I've seen a lot of people chase their tail, spend money on hiring people to market for them and do stuff. And I tell them, you know, save your money, put it in your race car and go out there and kick someone's butt and, and just try the damnedest to be on top. You know, I said, I never really looked at sponsorship. All my sponsors have came to me. I've never got anything off of paper, not one thing. Yep. Well, I completely agree, and you know, and I, I can totally attest to that. You know, I, I've got a marketing deck. Everybody does. You know, you've got to send it out once in a while, keep people kind of in the loop of what you're doing. But uh, I, you know, I think anybody, you know, these kids listening in that have always, you know, I get emails all the time. How do you get sponsors and stuff? I think right there, what you just said is is the truth. You know, invest in your race program, and the sponsors will come. Exactly, and just you know, treat people like you want to be treated. You know, that's a big thing. You know, you get a lot of people out there. I've ran into a bunch of them that are really arrogant, wouldn't take the time of day, you know, it's when people like you, sponsors like you, so, you know, get some friends. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate it, my friend, and, uh, you know, congrats on, uh, congrats on, uh, you know, the finish at the Mint, and no, I definitely know it wasn't easy, and uh, good luck in Ultra 4 this year. Well, I sure appreciate it, and tell your family I said hey, and I'll talk to you at the next race. Yeah, for sure, and uh, next time you're in Parker, give me a shout, buddy. All right, thank you, guys. All right, thanks, Shannon. Okay. Bye. All right, that was uh, Shannon Campbell, uh, Ultra 4 racer, Mint 400 uh, finisher, and, and talk about a pillar, just an absolute pillar of, uh, you know, of you know the off-road industry. I don't even want to say Ultra 4, the, the rock industry. I mean, he, he's just uh, just a great, uh, great guy, and, and one of those, I mean, if you ever get the chance to, to meet Shannon, you know, whether it be a Best in the Desert or an Ultra 4 event or, or heck, a short course race or wherever, you definitely want to go up and say hey, and uh, just uh, good people, and, and I love the family atmosphere and the family affair, and they 
he's bringing his kids into the mix. And, uh, you know, I, I, I see the way he's doing things. And, and you know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when I was younger and, uh, you know, and my dad and, and, you know, with my brother and I and, and how he, you know, he kind of, you know, started bringing us into the fold. And, uh, you know, just uh, best of luck to Shannon and, and you know, and, and the kids and, you know, everything they're doing. Just uh, an absolute great family. And I got to tell you, finishing fourth in class one at the Mint 400, not an easy feat this year. Uh, just outside of the podium in a car that I know he said he, he'd driven the first time in three years, like a week prior to the race. So uh, uh, definitely uh, good things for Shannon Campbell. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is the Down and Dirty Radio Show. I'm your host, Jim Beaver, and uh, just got done with Shannon Campbell on air, talking a little Ultra 4 and some Mint 400. Um, up at uh, the top of the hour, we're going to have Amy Jean Scott. She's going to be calling in. But right now, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to dissect these Mint 400 results. We're going to talk about the UTVs at the Mint 400 and uh, maybe jump into some snowcross because that finale was happening also. If you got any questions for Amy Hood, Amy Jean Scott, or any questions on the Mint 400, give me a shout at JimBeaver15 on Twitter. We'll definitely get those into the show today. But uh, thanks for listening to the Down and Dirty Radio Show powered by Polaris Razor. We'll be back in a couple of minutes with the Mint 400 results. Hey, I'm RJ Anderson, factory Polaris driver, and I drive Polaris because it's the most capable, race-ready off-road vehicle on the market. When RJ Anderson wanted to set a world record for the longest UTV jump in history, not once but twice, what company did he trust? Polaris and their championship-winning Razor XP1000. RJ is a UTV champion behind the wheel of Polaris vehicles, and he exclusively trusts the Polaris Razors to bring him race wins and championships against some of the toughest off-road racers in the world. The same Polaris Razors RJ has won championships in, set world records in, and conquered the wall of death in XP1K2 are available to you at your local Polaris dealer. Take the advice of world record holder RJ Anderson and visit Polaris on the web at Polaris.com to see the full lineup of Polaris Razor vehicles or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Polaris Razor. For 100 years, General Tire has provided tires for your lifestyle, your adventure, your anywhere. Born from competition, the Grabber Tire offers the durability and off-road traction you demand in a tire. We put these tires to the test in the harshest off-road racing conditions to give you a tire that will make your anywhere possible. So let us take you on your next big adventure. Tweet us photos at General Tire, hashtag anywhere is possible. Because with General Tire, anywhere is possible. Are you looking for a place to push yourself behind the wheel and see how your driving skills stack up? Dirtfish Rally School is that place. Located on 315 acres of pristine automotive playground at the foot of the Cascade Mountains in Snoqualmie, Washington, right outside of Seattle, Dirtfish Rally School is a one-of-a-kind place where everyone from first-time drivers to seasoned professionals like Bucky Lassick and Antoine Lestage can push themselves to their limit. Whether driving the high-performance rally-prepped all-wheel drive Subaru Impreza STI is what you're looking for, or you'd rather hang it all out in the rear-wheel drive Subaru BR 
RZs, Dirtfish Rally School has something for everyone. Classes are available from two hours to three full days and feature instructors with over 150 years of combined racing experience. Whether you're looking to become the best and get an edge on the competition or just looking to freshen your skills behind the wheel, Dirtfish Rally School is the place to go. For more information on registering for classes, visit Dirtfish on the web at dirtfish.com or to check out the latest happenings from Dirtfish, follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dirtfish Rally. Rigid Industries is the original and number one LED light bar manufacturer in the world. Torture tested by some of the best drivers in motorsports. Rigid LED lighting products use cutting-edge technology and can stand up to the harshest conditions Mother Nature can dish out. Designed, engineered, and assembled in the United States, Rigid LED lighting is the only choice for your off-road vehicle or boat. Find out more information on the entire line of Rigid Industries LED lighting products at www.rigidindustries.com. Baja, check. King of the Hammers, check. Crandon, check. The Mint 400, check. Only one wheel company can say they have dominated the deserts and rocks of the Southwest to the mud and carnage of the big house at Crandon, and that company is KMC Wheels. KMC Wheels has won them all with the help of elite drivers like Travis Pastrana, Ricky Johnson, Bryce Menzies, Carl Renazetter, and Lauren Healy, who all rely on the XT Series from KMC Wheels to get them to the finish line and on top of the podium. Check out KMC Wheels and their full line of XT Series wheels at kmcwheels.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KMC Wheels. KMC Wheels, like no other. Looking to upgrade the brake system on your race car pre-runner or weekend toy? JMAR Performance Brake Systems has you covered. An industry leader in performance braking systems, JMAR can outfit your vehicle with the highest quality American-made calipers, rotors, master cylinders, hubs, turning brakes, and shifters for Volkswagens to trophy trucks and everything in between. For more information and their full product line, visit JMAR on the web at jmarperformance.com or follow them on Instagram and Twitter at JMAR Brakes. Welcome back to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. I'm your host, Jim Beaver, and uh, just got done with Shannon Campbell. Uh, I guess the Martellis have called him the Ultra 4 Madman. Uh, I just like to call him uh, one of the great ambassadors of the sport of off-road racing, whether it be rock, short course, desert, just a a great, great guy. Great interview, and uh, I got to tell you, man, some of you young guys uh, and ladies calling in and or, you know, that email me and and message me, and, and it's always about sponsors and how do I get this, how do I get that. Take it from Shannon Campbell. Um, you need to go back and listen to that interview. Some great tips on getting sponsors and, and retaining them. And uh, i got to tell you, uh, Shannon, just a great guy. And uh, had the opportunity to hang out with him uh, a few times at, at events. And uh, just a, a, a solid, solid person. So uh, definitely go back and listen to that if you're just tuning in. For those of you who are just tuning in, today, uh, kicking off the second hour here in about 30 minutes, we're going to have Amy Jean Scott, the 2015 Miss Mint. She's going to be calling into the show. And then later on, closing things out. 
about Amy Hood, my sidekick. She's going to be calling in, talking some Mint 400 and Supercross. So still a couple of great interviews left. Right now, we are jumping into some Mint 400 results. And this is going to be the UTV results of the Mint 400, brought to you by our good friends at Polaris Razor. And uh, I got to tell you, um, race one, uh, you got to know about this Mint 400. Race one, race two, race one, absolutely flawless event, flawlessly run. And uh, the results were, um, you know, were just uh, just perfect. Uh, getting into the second race, things got a little tricky. But uh, these uh, <laughs> these results for uh, these results for uh, uh, for the first race, uh, they are unofficial, but I would say they're about as close to official as uh, as you can get. But uh, looking at those, we're going to go down and uh, and look at some nineteen hundred uh, some nineteen hundred class entries. Or uh, some 1900 uh, results, um, but I got to tell you, uh, it was all uh, it was all Johnny uh, Johnny Angle, uh, or yeah, Johnny Angle. At first, uh, he he just absolutely was uh, was running away with things. Uh, had a, had a flawless, almost flawless run going down, um, and then ended up uh, having some problems uh, almost at the finish of the lap, uh, the third lap, and it ended up being Dustin Jones taking home uh, taking home the UTV win there at uh, at the Mint 400, and then second went to Scott Kiger uh, teaming with R.J. Anderson. R.J. drove, I believe, first in uh, he, he at least drove one of the laps. I don't know if it was uh, two. I don't know, but uh, R.J. did uh, drive about half the race. Uh, so Scott Kiger, R.J. Anderson, second in the Polaris, and then third went out to Ryan Pullman, the Supercross.com UTV, and uh, fourth, uh, fourth in the UTV class went out to Brandon Schuler. The boys from Jagged X uh, had the opportunity to interview Bill Schuler, Brandon's dad, at uh, at the Mint 400 on Fremont, and. Um, Great talk with him. Another notable, the other uh, the other Jagged X car uh, was in the event, but it's traditional driver Craig Scanlon from Polaris. He was sick, so he did not get a chance to compete. That had to been heartbreaking for him. His company, you know, title sponsor the race, um, you know, and uh, and and having to not show up because you're sick. I mean, that, that's got to be tough. But uh, uh, you know, here's hoping all's well with uh, with Craig Scanlon. But moving into fifth, it was uh, Justin Justin Lambert in another Polaris, the Cognito Motorsports Polaris. Uh, finishing up in fifth position. Uh, six went to Wes Miller in a Polaris. Uh, Jeff Obering uh, finishing up in seventh position. Michael Cafaro um, in eighth in uh, in Pro UTV. We had Cody Nigren uh, finishing up in ninth. And your tenth was uh, the Murray team, Murray Motorsports team, Jason and uh, Derek Murray finishing up in tenth. So that is your top ten in UTVs. And I got to tell you, like I said before, Johnny Angle having a, a heck of a run there uh, to start things off and, and leading, uh, checking out of the field at one point. And sounds like he ended up having having some problems and, uh, and dropping back. But uh, he almost had that in the bag. Everybody thought he was going to win and was not to be so definitely a tough break for him I had the opportunity to catch up with brandon sims after the event as well and things didn't go their way they got a finish but uh, definitely didn't go their way lots of problems so your utv world champion uh definitely having a having a rough day at uh, the mid 400 but like i say talking with brandon sims we interviewed him on the show on uh, on fremont and then i talked with him after the event and uh, get this the kid uh, won the utv champ world championship Next weekend, he the car was still in good shape. Turns around, goes to the works race, races that, takes one weekend off, and then he is at uh, then he is at the Mint Four Hundred. So uh, this is a racing 
a racing kid, man. Brandon, uh, kid is is dialed in, and uh, man, he he loves his racing, and and another great family, you know, in in off road motorsports. But, uh, yeah, that is uh, your UTV results uh, brought to you by Polaris Razor uh, for, the, for the Polaris Razor Mint 400. So congrats goes out to, uh, to all the finishers and, uh, and your big winner. And I'm trying to look down here and, and uh, see because I want to dive into this. And, you know, it's always, oh, UTVs are slow. They're this and that. Uh, so UTV would have finished, uh, I believe, fifth. In uh, fifth in Trophy Light, uh, Dustin Jones uh, with his time, fifth in Trophy Light. And uh, he would have finished, uh, let's see here, would have finished 19th in Class 10. Uh, So, yeah, you know, this race, you know, you talk about it, you talk about the Bajas, you talk about this and that. And uh, this race definitely not uh, suited uh, well to UTVs uh, as some others. So, uh, you know, with with the sheer roughness and harshness of this event, uh, you know, can definitely see... uh, Definitely see how it was, uh, you know, was a little bit, a uh, little bit tougher for them to finish up in the ten cars. Then you look at Baja, and and they beat uh, what all, I think uh, uh, most of the ten cars there. So it's toss up, you know. But these UTVs definitely getting faster and uh, in some great racing. Uh, the biggest entry field of uh, you know of the event came out of the pro UTV race. So uh, thanks for Polaris for not only sponsoring the Mint for Honor, um, but uh, these UTV results here on the Down and Dirty Radio Show. Now we're gonna fast forward into our desert racing results for the rest of the classes, non-UTV classes. This all brought to you by General Tire and our good friends at General Tire. Don't forget, anywhere is possible. Uh, use that hashtag, tag General Tire. They want to see your picks and see where General Tires are taking you. This is their 100th anniversary. Uh, they've, uh, they're doing some great giveaways all year long, so definitely want to get, get dialed in with General Tire on your social media. But uh, right now, looking at... Uh, this was uh, race one, and uh, these are pretty exact. I'll get into race two and, and the drama surrounding that here in a little bit. But Roger Starkey uh, taking home that win in class 10 and the overall in the morning race. Uh, Chad Dorman finishing up in second, second in class 10, second overall in the morning race. And we had Chip Prescott, uh, Tim Brown, and uh, Todd Winslow. That was your top five. We had Adam Fufenick, uh in sixth overall. And then first in class 2400 was Brian Folks in the Ford. Um, eighth overall, seventh in class 10, Jason Coleman. Uh, ninth overall, uh, eighth in class 10 was our good friends Travis Clark and uh, Pat Daly. Um, and then we had second in class 2400, John Hsu and uh, Patrick Gailey, um, and then uh, and then uh, just skipping down, uh, trying to find uh, trying to find some more results. Your you are your uh, excuse me, your trophy light winner PJ Guillermo uh, and our good friend Daniel Plaza out of Yuma. They ended up taking uh, taking the win. Uh, Andrew McLeod um, finishing up second in uh, trophy light, and then your po- third podium finisher was Megan McLeod uh, in uh, in third in trophy light. Uh, class eleven hundred winner was uh, Justin Buck. Um, and then your class 2000 winner was Hank Winter. So uh, class 3000 winner, Mike Bach, uh, class 5000 winner, Adam Spitz and uh, your class 2900 uh, UTV uh, unlimited pro. Sorry about that. Um, was, uh, should have been in uh, the previous segment. But we'll get to that was uh, La Creria Borreria. I'm sorry if I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> if I'm not getting that, but this is an interesting name to pronounce. And I know most of these desert racers, but, uh, once in a while they, uh, they trick me there, but that is your morning race. Um, uh, 
going to your two lap uh, your two lap classes. This is going to be uh, this is going to be your Jeep Speeds etc. Sportsman truck. We had Johnny Webster uh, taking home the win in eighteen hundred Sportsman overall um, in the two laps fifty five hundred. Paul Dallenbach uh, taking home the win there seventeen hundred. Uh, your Jeep Speed winner was Rick and Mike Randall out of Mesa Arizona twenty nine hundred was uh, Logan Goodall. This is your UTV Sportsman class. Um, your thirty seven hundred Pro went to Tom. Barnett and uh, skipping down here, uh, Patrick Long. A lot of you know Patrick Long as a uh, uh, as a road racer, professional road racer. He's teaming with Gary Williams. A lot of you know him from uh, Desert Racing. Been around a long time, but Patrick Long second in class fifty five hundred. Um, so uh, skipping down here, I'm trying to get some of these celebrity entries so uh, we can give you some of their uh, you know some of their. Uh, um, some of their times, but uh, Steve Roundtree and uh, Kevin Conlon uh, taking home the win in uh, in the vintage class. Uh, Patrick Dempsey he took home a third place finish. Uh, so uh, you know, had the opportunity to meet Patrick Dempsey out at the race, and I got to tell you, talk about a nice, uh, nice, nice guy. Uh, you know, obviously we know him as uh, McDreamy, but uh, the dude is is definitely a solid guy. Um, second in vintage was uh, Brian Morris. Uh, trying to get down here, Sal Masakela. That's the one I was looking for. He was in one of the Vore trucks. Uh, Sal was pumped on that. Uh, finishing up, it looks like in sixth in the eighteen hundred Sportsman class. So uh, I know Sal. I'll talk with him. We're going to have him on air sometime, uh, sometime in the new near future. Uh, Volkswagen class's winner was uh, Robert C. Johnson, uh, taking home that win and. Uh, Lots of vintage entries and uh, Volkswagen classes. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for your two-lap classes. So now we're going to get to the three-lap class or the the uh, the race two. Everybody did three laps in race two, but these race two results. And this is where it got interesting. And at this point, uh, these are still um, these are still not official results. And I, I don't know when when they're going to become official, but uh, uh, cutting to the chase here, uh, easiest way to put it was uh, um, there There was a very bad accident about 35 miles in on class, uh, on lap one. Uh, the names are out there on social media. I don't need to put them out there. Um, you know, it, you can find them if you want, but there's a very bad accident and uh, it was actually somebody that started uh, two, three cars ahead of me, I believe. Um, you know, we got there to mile 35 and, uh, you know, there's a class one car and a trophy truck. And the easiest way to put it was, uh, they were absolutely completely, uh, uh, tangled, uh, tangled together. It was, uh, not a good scene. It looked like a plane crash shrapnel down the road. Uh, it was pretty, pretty bad. Um, you know, normally in that situation, I would stop. There was already a helicopter on ground and a bunch of people there. So I didn't need to stop. But, uh, the unwritten rule in desert racing is if you're first on scene in an accident, I don't care if you're leading the race, what car you are, you stop and make sure they're okay. If they give you a thumbs up, they wave anything, you're able to go, but you at least check up and stop long enough to see if they're moving, waving hands, whatever. Um, so I, I didn't have to pull over because there was already a helicopter on ground and they were going to be able to do more, more good than I could anyways. Um, so, uh, you know, so th- that's that. But, uh, you know, I didn't realize how bad the situation looked bad, but how bad the situation was until we got around and I, I uh, at the end of lap one, and I guess they red flagged the event. And we're doing a complete restart, which is fine. It was the right call. Um, you know, red flag the event. I, I get it. Uh, you know, it, it, driver safety is absolutely the utmost importance. Um, but I, I don't think the right protocols were in place to uh, to do a restart. Um, um, you know, and, and crediting time back and, and all the other stuff and track position, 
Um, there ended up being a, uh, I don't know what happened, but uh, there ended up, uh, you know, there's some discrepancies, and that's why these results are, are tentative. I mean, uh, uh, Justin Lofton ended up walking away. Robbie thinks uh, he won, and, and Robbie has a legitimate case. Um, and then we've got, uh, you know, you look at the, the Class 1 cars or, or the Class 1500. Sam Barry won, but uh, uh, Lalo Laguna says that uh, he he won, and, and Lalo has a valid case. Uh, so with the time credits and things like that, I mean, we just literally aren't set up uh, to do something like this in desert racing. Uh, it needed to happen, but uh, the aftermath is it made a statistical uh, timing and scoring nightmare for uh, for best in the desert, uh, Mad Media and all the officials. So that's why. Uh, do I think Justin Lofton's going to get the title taken away at this point? Not so much. But I think Robbie has a valid case and he needs to be heard. Uh, so right now, uh, these results just know uh, you know. It's part of the reason why I didn't have any of the winners on because we really technically don't know who's an official winner or not yet. Um, but Justin Lofton was on air last week, so you get a chance to uh, to hear his interview if you want to. Um, but uh, when we go through the, here, just know that's that's what was going on. So uh, it's kind of a, a a little bit of a dark cloud surrounding what was an absolute amazing Mint 400 race. Uh, so Justin Lofton overall victory uh, first in uh, Trick Truck, Robbie Gordon second, Rob McCachran third, uh, Carlos Lopez uh, he was in fourth, uh, Tavo uh, finishing up in fifth, followed by Dan McMillan, Luke McMillan, Gary Wyrick. First in class 1500, ninth overall, Sam Barry. Then Cody Parkhouse finishing up in 10th overall, second in class uh, 1500. Uh, we got Lalo Laguna in 11th uh, overall, third in 1500, followed by Troy Herbs, uh, Steve Ologis, Dale Dondell, Juan Carlos Lopez, um, Andy McMillan, uh, first in 6,100, uh, 17th overall was Brett Serapis. Uh, we had Derek, uh, Derek Spruill, 18th overall, then Steve Strobel, uh, Shannon Campbell, fourth in class 1,500, 20th overall, our guest to kick off the show if you're just tuning in. Uh, and then my general tire teammate, CJ Hutchins, uh, followed by Tracy Groff, BJ Baldwin, Eric Harden, Scott, Scott Bailey. And I got to tell you, there was some, uh, some wild, Wild timing and scoring, or, or you know, it, not only that, but uh, there was some wild uh, racing. I mean, at, at one point, B.J. Baldwin looked like he had this in the bag. I think he had a torque converter issue on the last lap, knocked him out. Uh, Robbie Gordon solid it all day. I think Rob Mack had this thing in the bag at one point, and uh, something happened with him. Um, you know, it was just wild. You know, in, in this race, it's always leader changes, leader changes, and it, it was definitely the same way both in 1500 and Trick Truck at this one. Um, so, uh, you know, B.J. Baldwin, uh, I, I believe he had, uh, I think, an hour and a half downtime or something, uh, you know, with a torque converter, so 23rd overall. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, just weird. I. <laughs> It's such a tough event, uh, but got to give uh, Brett Serapis credit in the 6100 for uh, you know for for taking home that victory in a 17th overall. Definitely a solid uh, solid finish there for him. Uh, skipping through these results, uh, going down to uh, some more 6100s. Second, uh, Dave Kleeman. Uh, in 6100, and then we had uh, third in 6100 was uh, Jeff Turzo, and uh, I got to tell you, um, Jim Riley, my good friend Jim Riley, he was looking solid uh, in his 6100, uh, running a great first lap. He was out to an early lead. Uh, ultimately, uh, looked like he DNF'd in the Zunia vehicle, um, but uh, solid event for him. But some other notables, Jerry Zayden, he did finish fifth in Class 6100, 35th overall. Um, 
And uh, skipping down even further, um, looking for uh, some more results. 6100, your uh, Class 8 winner. Uh, great to see him back out in the desert. Dave Westham, uh, those of you know him, he's a veteran of Class 8. And great to see him uh, take home a win and, and back out in the desert. Don German uh, finishing up in second in Class 8. Uh, just two minutes behind uh, Dave Weston, so a, a definitely a solid, uh, solid race for uh, for them. And then uh, your seventy two hundred winners. Uh, let's see here, seventy two hundred winner um, is Steve Kovac uh, finishing up. Uh, First in 7,234th overall. Um, so a great, uh, great run for him. Al Hogan finishing up in second in 7,200. And then third in uh, 7,200 uh, was L.D. Smith, uh, followed up by Gary Messer and Randy Merritt. Uh, McCray Glass, uh, usually a front runner in Class 8. He finished up in uh, finished, finished up in uh, third in Class 8, 60th overall so uh your 4400 winner uh that was uh that was your i guess your ultra four category it was uh mike clenson uh finishing up in uh i'm sorry in second andrew mclaughlin taking home the ultra four win or the 4400 classes they're called in best in the desert um and then it looks like we had uh tim uh tim deekman finishing up in third in 4400 so uh those are uh those are your results a ton of dnfs there uh big names i mean it was just a a wild event uh you know friends at racedesert.com they have uh, all the updates all the uh, on on this mess with the timing and scoring, um, you know, but uh, the unofficial results are up at Best in the Desert's website, bitd.com. Um, but I think uh, this is going to play out over the course of the next week, and uh, you know, there there may be some changes uh, before this is all said and done, and it's all over. I think uh, I, I think there probably will be, um, but I think the that what we've learned from all this is hopefully in the future. Uh, desert racing, I think it's needed, been needed for a long time to, to bring in the Dakar, uh, timing and scoring features and, and safety features, um, that they have. I think, uh, any driver has no problem paying extra money, uh, to enter the race. Uh, we're already spending a ton. So what's a few hundred dollars more, I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think it's definitely needed and hopefully this is what pushes us over the edge, uh, to go after that technology and, and bring it to, uh, bring it to desert racing because it's, uh, been needed for, uh, for a very long time now. Um, that's, uh, that's definitely for certain, but, uh, the mid 400, I mean, I gotta tell you, uh, just an, an, an amazing event. Uh, what mess in the desert and the Martelli brothers have built is, uh, is second to none really, um, just truly a uh, a tremendous event, starting with the parade downtown, and then uh, continuously. It literally is almost two days full of festivities, uh, you know. And then Thursday night we have the the pit crew challenge, um, you know, and uh, not only the pit crew challenge, but the Miss Mint crowning time trials results. It's been uh, been an epic. Uh, it's been epic festivities down there. Uh, you know, the stage, the atmosphere. It's it's tremendous, uh, and it keeps growing and growing each and every year. Um, so if you get a chance to go out to the mid 400 next year, uh, put it in your calendar. It's worth the trip. I got to tell you, I'm still recovering for the event. Uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, after four or five days in Vegas and parties and festivities, uh, I think by the time Sunday rolls around, people are dead beat, especially after the race, 
but uh, it's definitely uh, you know a fun three or four days. And I know uh, you know we'll get into talking more about that with Amy Hood and and you know kind of hearing a first timer uh, point of view out to uh, the mid four hundred and see what she thinks as well as uh, as well as Amy Scott. But uh, tr- tremendous event, I think. Uh, you know all th- all things I've heard from the way they did the live stream and the tracking and stuff like that as far as live audio went uh, went tremendous for for race desert and the mid 400 so uh you know here here's hoping um you know this event uh, can really push the technology of off-road uh, motorsports even even further uh in the future i think uh you know lots of lots of good came out of the mid 400 as well as uh, some some bad the good news is the drivers that crashed no fatalities they are in the hospital with various injuries but no fatalities that's always a good thing and uh you know anytime you have to red flag a race um you know, to err on the side of caution, uh, you know, for driver safety, I think uh, you you do it. Uh, you know, life is more important than a race win, and regard it doesn't matter whose life it is. So, um, all good things for the Mint 400. And, uh, you know, once again, uh, you know, congrats goes out to uh, Justin Lofton, I guess, tentatively at this point, and Sam Barry on uh, on their overall wins. Um, but it was, uh, was a great, great event. So, uh, yeah, it... Uh, it's uh it's been a great great weekend and uh, uh I got to tell you though uh, we still got a, a, you know a lot more off-road racing coming uh you know this next weekend we got the Lucas Oil kickoff um you know at Lake Elsinore for the Lucas Oil off-road season so uh you know short course it is incoming uh you know so we're definitely going to be diving into some short course uh next couple weeks here on the Down and Dirty Radio show it seems like this uh, off season has been ridiculously long for short course. I'm ready for it to kick back up. I know you guys are ready for it to kick back up. Uh, I guess it's, uh, it's finally going to happen now. And, uh, and thank goodness. So, uh, um, I'm going to take a short break, couple minute break. And when we come back top of the hour, Amy Jean Scott, she's going to be calling in your 2015 miss mint. We're going to be chatting with her. You got any questions for her or Amy hood later on in the show at Jim Beaver 15 on Twitter, send those questions over. We'll get them asked. And uh, stay tuned to the Down and Dirty Radio Show powered by Polaris Razor. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Polaris rider Jim Beaver. I race trophy trucks professionally, host a down and dirty radio show, and also travel the country announcing motorsports events. I've seen it all and trust me, I've done most of it, so when it comes time to relax on the weekend, nothing is better than taking time with my family in our Razor vehicles. They've got the reliability I need to just pick up and go explore the desert dunes or trail and have the capability to attack even the harshest terrain. If you're looking for some of the most reliable and safest and hands down most capable off-road machines in the world, look no further than Polaris and their award-winning lineup of Razor vehicles. Whether you want your daughter to experience off-road driving for the first time in a Razor 170 like me, take the entire family out in a Razor XP4 1000 on the weekend, or shred the desert and dunes in the all-new Razor XP1000 Fox Edition, Polaris has you handled. Take my advice and join me and some of the best drivers in the world by driving a Polaris Razor. Check out the full Polaris Razor lineup at Polaris.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Polaris. Razor. 
Your life demands a tire that provides durability, comfort, and performance, and that's what General Tire delivers for you. From the all-season grip of the Grabber UHP to the comfort and on-road manners of the Grabber HTS to the durability and off-road traction of the Grabber AT2, General has a tire that will help get you where you need to go. So let us take you on your next big adventure. Tweet us at General Tire, hashtag anywhere is possible, because with General Tire, anywhere is possible. Baja, check. King of the Hammers, check. Crandon, check. The Mint 400, check. Only one wheel company can say they have dominated the deserts and rocks of the Southwest to the mud and carnage of the big house at Crandon, and that company is KMC Wheels. KMC Wheels has won them all with the help of elite drivers like Travis Pastrana, Ricky Johnson, Bryce Menzies, Carl Renazetter, and Lauren Healy, who all rely on the XD Series from KMC Wheels to get them to the finish line and on top of the podium. Check out KMC Wheels and their full line of XD Series wheels at kmcwheels.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KMC Wheels. KMC Wheels, like no other. Come to the island and rip it up this summer. Wakeboard Island. It's a skate park on water at Blue Water Resort and Casino. Check out the two-tower cable system that pulls you and your board over the water. No boats to watch out for. No fumes. Wakeboard Island is open to all skill levels with an open center section for beginners. And for trick riders, a double side kicker in a 60-foot flat box. Wakeboard Island. The best ride this side of the Rockies. Adjacent to the River's Edge Cantina at Blue Water Resort and Casino. On the Colorado River in Parker, Arizona. Are you looking for a place to push yourself behind the wheel and see how your driving skills stack up? Dirtfish Rally School is that place. Located on 315 acres of pristine automotive playground at the foot of the Cascade Mountains in Snoqualmie, Washington, right outside of Seattle, Dirtfish Rally School is a one-of-a-kind place where everyone from first-time drivers to seasoned professionals like Bucky Lassick and Antoine Lestage can push themselves to their limit. Whether driving the high-performance rally-prepped all-wheel drive Subaru Impreza STI is what you're looking for, or you'd rather hang it all out in the rear-wheel drive Subaru BR Dirtfish Rally School has something for everyone. Classes are available from two hours to three full days and feature instructors with over 150 years of combined racing experience. Whether you're looking to become the best and get an edge on the competition or just looking to freshen your skills behind the wheel, Dirtfish Rally School is the place to go. For more information on registering for classes, visit Dirtfish on the web at dirtfish.com or to check out the latest happenings from Dirtfish, follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dirtfish Rally. Industries is the original and number one LED light bar manufacturer in the world. Torture tested by some of the best drivers in motorsports. Rigid LED lighting products use cutting edge technology and can stand up to the harshest conditions Mother Nature can dish out. Designed, engineered, and assembled in the United States, Rigid LED lighting is the only choice for your off road vehicle or boat. Find out more information on the entire line of Rigid Industries LED lighting products at www.rigidindustries.com.
Welcome back to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. I'm your host, Jim Beaver. And, uh, yeah, great hour number one. Dissected some Mint 400 results. Had, uh, had the Ultra 4 madman Shannon Campbell on air, and he was talking a lot of Ultra 4 racing as well as, um, you know, what it was like to, to race in uh, the, the 2015 Mint 400, finishing uh, fourth in class and uh, 20th overall, I believe, and great catching up with Shannon. But uh, right now we're kind of changing things over and uh, we're going to going to get a female's perspective on the event. Uh, we got uh, Amy Jean Scott. She's calling in in uh, just a few minutes and uh, we're going to be talking uh, talking to the 2015 uh, Miss Mint uh, all about her new crown. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, it was great being on Fremont Street. Great being able to uh, you know, to MC, uh, you know, not only the mint, mint, uh, the Miss Mint crowning, uh, as well as uh, the KMC Wheels Pit Crew Challenge, but uh, to see the diversity of these uh, these ladies that were uh, running for Miss Mint. Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of these ladies, uh, you know, from dirt themselves, obviously, you know, my partner in crime on air, Amy Hood, who's calling in just a little bit, uh, she was a finalist and, uh, you know, she's got the two wheel background, uh, you know, professional motor, motocross racer. Um, but then we had, uh, uh, we had, uh, you know, quite, uh, uh, you know, quite a few others. Uh, you know, one of them was a, a works racer who uh, also shoots uh, shoots uh, guns professionally, as well as being uh, you know an ex uh, you know ex Navy. And then uh, we also had uh, had another one that was a, a sixteen hundred class racer. So uh, definitely the the dirt was well represented in our finalists uh, at the Miss Mint, and being able to talk with them and, and you know and see uh, you know all their different backgrounds. To me, it's always been cool to see them kind of mesh and, and all become friends and and stuff like that. It's uh, it's pretty cool, especially to to talk with them behind the scenes and stuff, and uh, you know and and you know kind of get a feel for uh, for what they're like in, in real life. And I definitely think uh, you know, however the judging or, or whatever works, I, I think the final is definitely a solid uh, core group of uh, of women who, who represent dirt sports uh, uh, very very well. So uh, looking forward to catching up with a- Amy Jean Scott here in uh, in just a few minutes, and then don't forget Amy Hood. She's going to be calling in to to finish off the show in the last hour or the last 30 minutes and we're going to be talking uh, min 400 and uh, some supercross but uh, big uh, big announcements uh coming out of uh you know out of the action motorsports world uh, the past week i do know formula drift uh re-inking a deal with cbs sports for television um, not only for the series, but they're going to have uh, also some some other unique uh, Formula Drift TV uh, put in uh, in rotation there in CBS Sports. So you definitely over, uh, skip over to FormulaD.com to get all that news on their new uh, television package there. But uh, congrats goes out to uh, you know um, you know all the boys at Formula Drift and my buddy Jared Deanda, uh, you know, and, and everybody involved with uh, with the series because uh, you know talk about another series that's just growing every year, every year, every year, you know, and, and and they're pulling in six figures plus on uh, on their live streams. Uh, and I've tuned in, and it shows 150,000 people uh, watching the live stream. I mean, that's solid numbers, better than most TV shows. So, uh, you know, for Formula Drift to not only have the live stream, but also have uh, you know have uh, you know the solid TV deal with CBS Sports. Uh, uh, good things for uh, for them. But uh, right now, it looks like we got Amy Jean Scott calling in. And how's everything going, Amy? Great. How are you, Jim? I am doing good, uh, you know, but not as good as you. Obviously, uh, you got to be uh, got to be uh, kind of floating on cloud nine right now, being crowned uh, 2015 Miss Mint. 
Most definitely still on a little bit of a high. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this. And, uh, you know, it, what? how did you hear? First off, how did you hear about the, you know, the Miss Mint competition and get entered? I mean, kind of kind of walk us through the process here. Well, one of my friends, Justin Park, uh, he is the Baja Olive. Uh, he he raced in the event. He gave me a call and was like, Amy, you should do this event. And my fiance and I, my fiance, <laughs> we'd planned on going to Vegas and watch the event anyways. And he was like, you guys should totally enter in this. It'll be fine. It'll be great publicity. You'll meet some cool people. Why not? So I went online, picked a couple of pictures, put it up. And, you know, the process of the voting went. Everybody goes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram started to vote for my pictures, which was, I was kind of overwhelmed. I was surprised how many people voted for me, which was rad. And um, then I got a call from the Martelli brothers. They did an on-phone interview with me and said, yeah, you're going to be one of the finalists. We'd love to have you come out. So got to Vegas. I got to meet KJ and then do another interview with him. And then, I mean, that was pretty much it. We walked on stage and nobody had a clue who was going to win. So my name was called. I'm like, holy crap, I won. (laughs) Well, and that's, that's what, uh, you know, that's what I think is cool about it. You know, and KJ, I mean, you know, you talk about a legend and he's been there for, uh, for pretty much every Miss Mint crowning since the beginning. So I think that's cool because he's got such a vast knowledge of, of the, you know, the history of this, this competition, you know, because he was kind of the guy that thought it all up originally, but, uh, you know, it's pretty cool to, to hear that he's still interviewing you ladies. Oh yeah. He's definitely down there. And you know, it's funny after, afterwards he did a whole little video skit with us you know, to help publicize more of the Miss Mint. And, you know, like you were just saying, the event just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's not just, you know, racers who are becoming a part. You know, everyday people are starting to know about the Mint 400, which is cool. You know, it's making the race a more well-known event, not just, you know, within the race community. And obviously I have friends who are in it, but I'm not like the avid racer girl. You know, some of my competitors are totally racer girls. But I'm, you know, the I'm, I'm the bystander watching and cheering. Yeah, the bystander watching and cheering. But, you know, I, I think that's cool, though, because, you know, talking about that, I mean, there is, uh, you know, you hear online and there's always, you know, the naysayers and the this and the that. But I thought this year, you know, yourself included, there was there was a pretty pretty core group of, of ladies that, that not only compete out in the dirt, but you're, you're watching races. I mean, you know, I know in years past that there had been some that had, uh, you know, had no idea what even off-road racing was. Um, you know, but I thought this year it was different, you know, that you've got girls that race motocross or dirt bikes, some that race cars, but I mean, you're out there, you're familiar with off-road racing. I thought that was pretty cool that the group of ladies they brought in this year really had knowledge of, of what they were getting into. Oh, all of them did. And those girls were so, so nice. You know, you don't, you never know who you're going to go in and meet. And I've never done a competition like this before, so I didn't really know what to expect. And I went in, I met the girls. Everyone's so nice. Everyone has their own little hobbies. You know, Amy's like a competitive racer, which is amazing and rad. And, you know, a couple of the other girls, they have trucks. I grew up in, like, the country, so I had a three-wheeler or a four-wheeler, and I literally would take my, you know, three-wheeler Yamaha that I had pulled start <laughs> to the bus stop every morning. But, you know, I wasn't racing competitively like these girls are, so it was pretty cool to actually get some knowledge from them as well as, you know, the little that I already knew from my friends who were in the race. And, you know, I made new friends from it, too. So I hopefully, you know, we'll be keeping in touch with these girls in later races to come. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, as far as that, obviously, we all know you got the big check, $5,000. That's uh, definitely got to be a nice feeling knowing you've got that in the bank account. But, uh, you know. Well, you know, I, I still haven't deposited it yet. It's so bad. I'm like, God, because we're getting, uh, everyone's like, what are you going to do with that check? 
like, well, I'm getting married in the next couple of months here. Believe me, weddings are expensive. It will be going to uh, my Rosarito wedding, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have a funny story because, uh, what was it, uh, I believe, it Taylor, uh, who was Miss Mint two years ago. We had her on air because every year we, we interview the, the, you know, the Miss Mint. And uh, and she I made a deal with her, and, and she, 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 she kept her promise. But when she went to deposit the check in the bank, she took the big check into the bank and said, I want to deposit this. And she actually had a picture of it. No, she did not. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was pretty funny. You know, she's. Uh, it's just cool because I've I've been able the past couple of years to kind of see, you know, the 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 legacy of the Miss Mint and you know and and talk with each of you and I think it's it's pretty cool and and you know getting to hear your story and everything it's uh, it's awesome. So you, what's on tap for you? I know you get a photo shoot with them and uh, you know is there any uh, you know what, what's the process here? What what where do you go from here with uh, with the Miss Mint crown? Do you have some appearances you're going to have to make this year and things? Yeah, I have a couple of appearances that I'm going to be making, and then the photo shoot, which obviously I'll be at the appearances, and I'm really excited about it, and hopefully I will get to do signing, because at the actual Mint 400, I went down to go do signing um, after I was crowned the following day, and, you know, with, and you know, the event is crazy. There's so much going on. The Martelli brothers did an amazing job of getting everything going, and, you know, things are going to go wrong no matter what, so... There wasn't a booth for me to do signings. So at these other events that I'll be at, I will absolutely do signing. And probably at that point, we'll have some, you know, good pictures and things for them to actually sign beyond just, like, you know, the T-shirt and the hat that we have out and about. Um, but the actual photo shoot, I got to talk to KJ and the Martello Brothers, and I'm like, you know, I would love the idea of doing something, like, back in the 70s. Like, right when, you know, when this when this Mint started and get some good, like, retro old cars, old trucks, old buggies. And maybe like an old school jumper suit and some cool old, old helmet, you know, bring it like a retro style. So that was my pitch on hopefully maybe we'll be able to make that happen. Um, and they were like, yeah, that sounds great. We would love that. We're up open for ideas. And, you know, maybe even they could even test some of the, you know, do like a competition or a voting. Hey, what would you guys like to see Miss Mint do? What kind of photo shoot would you guys be interested in? So I'm still pitching ideas to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, and I know the Martellis. I mean, they're always open to ideas. Pitch away, pitch away, you know, and, and some of them may hit the wall and not stick, but others may hit the wall and definitely stick. But I'm digging the retro theme. I think that would be fun. There's so many vintage race cars and things like that. I think that could definitely be a lot of fun. Totally. And, you know, I know that they know enough people that getting a vintage race car would not be a difficult thing. I think the hardest thing in terms of styling would be, you know, finding like the old jumper for the girls to wear. And I'm sure that they still have some of that stuff. And it's just so cool. And those photos I know would just be different from what they already have from last year's, you know, from years before. And it would just be, it'd be really fun. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. How was it starting the race? I know I, I saw you when I pulled up to the start line to, to start my race. You were out there with a the flag, and that, that had been pretty exciting. Oh, my gosh. it was That was hands down my favorite part of the entire event for me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I wish that other people could come up here and experience this because this is so freaking cool. Uh, you literally, <laughs> your bones and your inner being shakes when these cars go by. Literally shakes. It's almost like standing next to a like a huge speaker at a concert, you know, you feel everything. So it was pretty cool. And I got to meet Larry, uh, Larry Ratlin and he, you know, I didn't even, I didn't realize who it was when I was meeting him at the beginning. And I'm like, Oh, you're grand marshal. How did that happen? And he's so humble and so sweet. He's like, Oh, I've won a couple of these. Well, I go back and I figure out who he is. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's, that was, you know, and he was just so nice. And Amy here, this is how we're going to do the flag. Like showing me, we switched on and off. 
so that was a pleasure getting to meet him as well. A legend, literally. Yeah, absolute, uh, absolute legend. So what, what's up next for you? I mean, obviously, you know, we, you, we know you've got Miss Mint duties, but uh, you're also a professional model. Uh, you know, what, what kind of projects you're working on currently and, and what's, uh, what's up in the future? Well, actually, next week, I, um, I just booked a job with my agency in Miami, so I will be flying to Puerto Rico, uh, working for a Canadian company in Puerto Rico. It's called Spot Check, which should be pretty darn fun. Never been to Puerto Rico, so I'm kind of excited about that. And um, honestly, I got to go up to LA today. <laughs> but I'm like, gosh, the LA traffic, so much fun. You know, and I'm in San Diego, but I love where I live in San Diego. So the drive, in my opinion, it's worth it. My quality of life in San Diego is better in LA. Not, not bad to anybody who's in LA, but uh, I like my hometown. So it's worth driving to LA to go and meet these clients and, my, like I said, my quality of life is much better here. Yeah. Well, I got a question for you, and this is kind of a social media related question, just because uh, you know we deal with the, you know me as a race driver and a personality. I've got a lot of social media, and you know, and it's just it's become like the necessary evil sometimes, in, you know, in this day and age. But as a professional model, I mean, well, how big of a how big of a deal is Instagram? Because I mean, it, it seems like models. I mean, you guys you definitely you just have to keep pumping out the content. I mean, you know, does does your Instagram actually book you jobs at this mm-hmm. point? Uh, yes, it's funny that you said that because it's, it's the industry of modeling is absolutely changing. You need to have followers. You need to have posts all the time. They want you to tag every single person you're wearing. I mean, all the time. My literally, my agents have had me, they have meetings where they're sitting us down and going, Hey girl, you know, you need to have so many followers or we're not even going to put your Instagram tag on your, your portfolio online. You know, you can go on the girl's portfolio online and see what their Instagram is. But if you don't have enough followers, they don't even put it up there. And clients will reach out to you via Instagram, send you a message, and, you know, you hook them up with your agency and you book jobs. So it's, it's like you said, and <laughs> sometimes you don't want to share anything with the world and you would like to keep it a little bit more personal. But at the same time, it's an unnecessary evil. I have to be on it with Instagram. And honestly, that's another great thing about this event for me I, I, I met a whole new market of people who have never seen my face before, and hopefully they all love me and follow me on Instagram. I would appreciate that and get to see how my career goes within this next year. You know, hopefully I made more, I know I made more connections just from this event. I mean, the McSally brothers were so rad, the 400 Red Bull, just everybody that I met. So hopefully, you know, that, that obviously will help the uh, Instagram grow, but it's another, like you said, unnecessary evil. You have to have it. It's becoming a really big part of your career. Yeah. Well, and I know me as a driver with sponsors and stuff, and I know I've got written in contracts. You know, I have to give X amount of posts or tags with a certain company per month and, and things like that. And like you said, you know, there's some days you wake up and you had a bad day or something happened in your personal life. You just don't feel like going on social media and you're like, oh, crap, I got to post something, you know? Totally. And that's when you're like, okay, but you know what? This is part of the job. And that's what it has. It's become part of the job. You have to post it. And it's funny with some jobs, you know, they want you to take photos of, I'll be doing like a campaign. I did a campaign for Target. Well, they want you to take photos for the campaign, but you're not allowed to post anything until the campaign day releases. So your excitement for it, you know, it happens the day of when you're sitting there shooting it and you're doing all these fun events. They're like, okay, well, now four months from now, would you post that? <laughs> it's like, 
Yeah. Ah, I want to do it today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't think people realize, you know, you look at my in my Facebook page and I've got stuff scheduled weeks out, you know, and they're like, how do you do that? How, how are you always up? And it's like Instagram, you know, we'll, we'll be at somewhere to shoot or something and they'll purposely take pictures for Instagram for, say, a throwback Thursday two months from now. You know, you've got to you've got to schedule it in. And I don't think people realize, you know, and I, I enjoy interacting with the fans and social media and stuff, but I don't think people realize what goes into uh, to actually social media for from a personality standpoint, you know? Oh, no. It's a job in itself completely, which I'm starting to learn, and obviously I'm getting better at it. You, I was actually just saying this to my fiance. I'm like, you know, God, holy crap, he has a whole entire live show already ready, and I'm impressed because you were there. I saw you at the actual event. You know, when did you have downtime to set all this stuff up? Yeah, it was up till midnight last night. So, you know, I'm texting people and, you know, you got a text and, you know, I'm lucky that, uh, you know, I've got most people's contacts in my phone and stuff. So now, you know, three and a half, four years in, you know, I, I can text people and say, hey, you know, here and, and Amy Hood, who you met, she's, uh, she co-hosts a segment. She'll be on after you every week. And so uh, she helps with a lot. And so I'm lucky that I'm surrounded by good people. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you've done some serious legwork for sure to get to that point because I, I literally was looking at it and I'm like, gosh, he has so much. And I mean, you are on it. You have who's won, what's going on, and, and you're at the event having fun too, I might say. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the event was definitely, uh, definitely fun. I mean, so was this your first Mint 400 you've been to? Yeah, this was my, my first uh, Mint 400. I had not been to this. I'd gone to the Baja 250. And that's actually why we wanted to go to the Mint 400 and watch my friend race, which I feel so bad. He, uh, he was in the morning race and, and this is just how it works. You know, everybody going out there, they know that this is, this is, this is the gamble. He got out there. He just had a new engine put in his car, literally made it like 20 miles and his engine blew. I mean, and you spend so much money going into this. <laughs> like I felt so guilty because I'm having the best trip of my life and he only got to go 20 miles on the racetrack. I'm like, I'm sorry, Park. Yeah, it's uh, that's the uh, you know the the great and the bad things about uh, about off road racing is you just uh, there's so many unknowns you know it's uh, just wild totally. so um, you know mint four hundred definitely obviously you're miss mint but it's something you're you're definitely going to put on the schedule for years to come hey I want to come back to this you know yes I was actually get to talk, talking to Martellus I'm like do I get to like you know give the crown to the next girl because that would be fun and I get to meet the next group of girls and you know maybe I'll get to like help pitch some other ideas for the next year of, of Miss Mint. Yeah. Well, and I think that'd be great having somebody, you know, like you involved in the program and say, Hey, I think maybe we can make a little tweak here and it'd, it'd make it better and, and stuff like that. And I think that, you know, that that's what they're looking for to help, you know, grow things because, you know, they're, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're like me, they're a guy, they, they don't understand, you know, some of the things that should be going on, you know, they need a female voice. No, for sure. And being that I actually went through the little processes and I could see little things here and there that, you know, might be able to make it a little bit easier on the Martellis, make it easier on everyone else, you know, have girls at certain spots, just just help organize it a little bit for them, just make their lives easier. Yeah, and there's things that girls realize that men don't. That's just... Welcome to real life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I got to tell you, I appreciate you taking the time to call in. I know you're busy, and uh, you know you're. you're you, I know it's a hustle being a model, man. It's uh, it's definitely uh, you know it's a blessing, uh, a blessing. But uh, you, you're always uh, you're always on the road. I'm sure. And uh, you know, first off, congrats. And I, I will definitely have to you. You have to keep in touch with me. You've got my cell number, and uh, we'll have to get you back on mid year. Uh, you know, some of these things uh, you know start start maturing, and uh, you know, kind of keep us in the loop on what it's like to be Miss Mint this year. Absolutely. I would love that. Thank you so much, Jim, for having me. All right, for sure. Well, thank you, Amy, and uh, congrats.
Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, that was uh, your twenty, uh, your twenty fifteen Miss Mint, Amy Jean Scott, and uh, I got to tell you, you know, just talk about a, a fun person and and super stoked to to be where she's at, and uh, you know, great uh, great being able to catch up with her. Definitely, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, an awesome person to to have carry the the torch of uh, of Miss Mint, and uh, you know, and and you know, uh, you know, good luck with her and, and everything this year. We'll definitely have to uh, to catch back up with her at some point and uh, you know, kind of talk about uh, you know, talk about uh, you know wh- what it's like to to carry that torch. I think uh, uh, you know, great personality. It sounds like she had uh, a ton of fun. But uh, right now we are uh, you know we're uh, almost uh, you know we're we're part way through hour number two here on the Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a great show. Shannon Campbell, I mean, uh, you know, Shannon Campbell, we've had Miss Mint, but right now we're going to quick uh, bust through some uh, some results for uh, some results for the <laughs> I'm getting tongue tied here. The results for um, the finale of Snowcross and uh, round 15, 16 and 17 going down in Lake Geneva. Um, Tucker Hibbert taking the win. Cody Cam, Ross Martin. That was your one, two, three in round 15. Round 16, it was once again Tucker Hibbert, followed by Cody Cam and Justin Broberg. And then Ryan winding things down in round number 17, Tucker Hibbert, one, two, three. He got the hat trick there, taking home uh, yet another win. Ross Martin and then Cody Cam uh, going to your pro lights. It was. Pro Lights, sorry there. It was Ilias Ishuel, followed by Ryan Springer and James Johnstead. And then uh, your second race of Pro Lights, it was Ishuel again, Travis Mueller, Andrew Carlson, rounding out your top three. So going up, looking at point standings and uh, who uh, ended up ultimately taking home the points championships. Uh, obviously, we know Tucker Hibbert. Um, then we had Tim Trembley, Kyle Pauline. That was your one, two, three in pro open uh your pro light we're going to get to that here in just one second pro light your national point standings Ishuel taking home the win or taking home second ryan springer with the win so congrats goes out to him that one went down to the wire Ishuel and carlson i'm sorry tied for second but uh the the tiebreaker ended up going to Ishuel. so uh springer Ishuel, carlson that's your one two three on the podium for your point standings in the Amsoil Championship Snowcross Series. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, Tucker Hibbert, the guy is a machine, absolute machine, uh, once again with a championship, numerous victories, uh, you know, you know, we got some young guns stepping up, but uh, it's it's tough, man. It's definitely a tough go right now. But, uh, yeah, congrats goes out to Tucker Hibbert on that uh, on that championship, and I'm going to try and reach out and see if we can get Tucker on air at some point. I think it'd be great to uh, catch up with him and, and talk to uh, the champ. Um, but that is your Snowcross results. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, Amy Hood, she's going to be calling in, and we're going to be talking some Mint 400 and some Supercross. So stay tuned to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor.
I'm Polaris rider Lee Valley Valley, and I choose Polaris just because they have the best quality, highest performing, most fun machines out there. Only one company has taken Levi Valley to 10 X Games medals, snowcross championships, a double backflip, and a world record long jump of 412 feet across the San Diego Harbor on New Year's Eve, and that company is Polaris. Whether it's dominating the X Games, racing a stock Polaris Razor XP1000 in the Terracross Championship, or just hitting the trail on the weekend, for over 20 years, Levi has relied on the same quality Polaris vehicles and products you can purchase at your local Polaris dealer. Take the advice of action sports legend Levi LaValle and visit Polaris on the web at Polaris.com to see the full lineup of Polaris vehicles or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Polaris Razor. For 100 years, General Tire has provided tires for your lifestyle, your adventure, your anywhere. Born from competition, the Grabber Tire offers the durability and off-road traction you demand in a tire. We put these tires to the test in the harshest off-road racing conditions to give you a tire that will make your anywhere possible. So let us take you on your next big adventure. Tweet us photos at General Tire, hashtag anywhere is possible. Because with General Tire, anywhere is possible. Baja, check. King of the Hammers, check. Crandon, check. The Mint 400, check. Only one wheel company can say they have dominated the deserts and rocks of the Southwest to the mud and carnage of the big house at Crandon, and that company is KMC Wheels. KMC Wheels has won them all with the help of elite drivers like Travis Pastrana, Ricky Johnson, Bryce Menzies, Carl Renazetter, and Lauren Healy, who all rely on the XT Series from KMC Wheels to get them to the finish line and on top of the podium. Check out KMC Wheels and their full line of XT Series wheels at kmcwheels.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KMC Wheels. KMC Wheels, like no other. They're back. Four-leaf clovers, lucky leprechauns, pots overflowing with gold, and you can't stop them. It's Blue Water Resort and Casino's Clover Cash, and it's your chance to win lucky loot. Up to $50,000 in cash and prizes. Be at Blue Water for cash drawings every half hour, Wednesdays from 4 to 8 p.m. and Sundays from 2 to 6 p.m. Then it's the big lucky loot drawings, March 29th. Try your luck at up to 50 grand in cash and prizes. See the club for details. Clover Cash at Blue Water Resort and Casino on the Colorado River in Parker, Arizona. to have some screen printing, embroidery, or design work done? Intense Tees has you covered. Intense Tees provides the highest quality and detail for custom screen printing and embroidery services for corporations, schools, race teams, and all organizations alike. Complete line creation, including designing of an entire corporate identity, product line creation, support promotions, product packaging, exciting banners, polos, tees, sweatshirts, caps, and vinyl decals. Intense Tees is the official apparel provider for the Down and Dirty Off-Road Show. Find out more on the web at www.intensetees.com. That's www.n-t-e-n-s-e-t-e-e-s.com.
Did you know that Parker Motor Company is one of the best places to shop for new tires for your car or truck? With a full tire shop and advanced equipment, we can outfit your vehicle with over 13 brands of tires, including Goodyear, BF Goodrich, Yokohama, Falcon, and General. We offer a low price guarantee that will meet or beat any competitor's price. We'll check your alignment for free, and we also offer tire care for any road hazards you may come across. If you need new tires, Parker Motor Company is your only choice. Parker Motor Company, your hometown Ford and Lincoln dealer. The number one off-road and action motorsports radio show on the planet now has its own app. The Down and Dirty Radio Show official app is now available in the Apple App Store, Google Play Store, and Amazon Kindle Store. Just search Down and Dirty Radio Show, and you'll have all the latest news, results, and blockbuster interviews from off-road, rally, drifting, supercross, and snowcross at your fingertips. Hours of interviews from the best drivers and athletes on earth, such as Travis Pastrana, Ken Block, Tanner Faust, Brian Deegan, Robbie Gordon, and Jolene Van Vute are yours at the touch of a button. Download today and never miss an interview again. Welcome back to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. I'm your host, Jim Beaver, and uh, joining me on air right now is Miss Amy Hood. How's everything going, Amy? Hey, Jim. How's it going? Long time no see. Yeah, right? It's been, what, 48 hours, maybe? <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you like so much longer. <laughs> yeah, right. I got to tell you, man, I am dragging today. Talk about a uh, weekend that whooped my butt. Uh, how about you? I mean, you were uh, you were you were there and on ground with me, man. It was uh, it was a pretty crazy weekend, huh? Oh, yeah, it was so crazy. And that like that's the hardest thing people don't understand is, you know, even you know whether you're racing or just working in the event, I mean, Monday mornings are so rough. It's just go, 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 nonstop. And usually you're, you know, working or catching up on a flight or drive home. And, you know, I usually I have to stay up on Sunday trying to edit my videos and have them out. But uh, this was a little bit nicer because I didn't have to film. So I wasn't really on crunch time. And I had a, you know, a fairly earlier flight home on Saturday, which means I could sleep all day Sunday and catch up because it is Vegas. I mean, you're... Four days in Vegas is like being there for two weeks. So, I mean, I couldn't even imagine what it was like for you having to race and then come coming on and getting ready for the show today. But uh, you know what? It's worth it. Um, like I talked about before, like the grind to this lifestyle is totally worth it because you're living your dreams, having fun. And, uh, you know, sleep when you're dead, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm going to crash tonight. I crashed last night. But, uh, um, well, you're talking about videos. I was just thinking, you know, you talked about you didn't have to do videos. I'm like, this would have been a great event for you to have your cameras at, though, in retrospect. And, and you know, talk about the, the people that were cruising by and that we saw in Fremont and everything yeah. else. I'm like, you could have had some fun doing videos at this one. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I was you know, talking to Mad Media, and I said, you guys got to get some cool pit stuff going on to really show fans and, you know, you know, future fans what exactly goes on at a, an event like this and, you know, capturing the lifestyle of the pits and, you know, what goes on behind the scenes, you know, is really what attracts people to the event. And, I mean, you're in Vegas. Like, I, I was thinking about it, and I kind of wanted – I feel like I can sum up the weekend with this, like, you know, having a, a race like this in Vegas, it's very glitz and glam, 
mixed with dirt, dust, and trucks. Like, it's pretty cool. You have, you know, two steps, like two sides of the spectrum. You have the Gold Nugget, downtown Fremont, um, you know, with the Miss Mint, and, you know, kind of these old legends. It's very, very, you know, kind of glamorous. It is. And then, you know, you get thrown out to the desert, and it's uh, crazy, still gnarly, dusty, um, you know, rough and tough event. So it, you get, you know, a little bit of both things that makes this, you know, the mid-400 really what it is, like a unique, one-of-a-kind event. So uh, that was so awesome. But, you know, sometimes it's good to take a break, and, you know, I can just talk up the race, and people are going to have to come down for themselves to see what it's all about. But uh, the next year, for sure, we'll have to get some you know, behind-the-scenes cameras going. Yeah, we'll <laughs> some things in Vegas just want to leave off the map. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, talking about this, you, you know, this was your first desert race you've been to. I mean, uh, you know, I know, you, you you know, I was with you pretty much the whole weekend, but uh, desert racing, it definitely got its hooks in you, didn't it? No, I know. I'm I'm actually, I never even got to make it out to the desert. I had to fly out on Saturday, and being the, the track was an hour away, I wasn't able to get out there. I did obviously follow social media pretty religiously and, you know, kept up to date with all the people that I met and teams that I, you know, had the opportunity to meet and talk to. So I was, um, you know, avidly on Instagram scrolling and following up, but it looked like it was a load of fun and it looked just crazy. Like that one big jump, a lot of people captured photos on that big gap jump and oh, but there did look like to be a ton of crashes and, you know, the gnarly sections of the track. So it, it would have made for great watching and, you know, the Red Bull VIP lounge are bumping and everyone's having a good time. Like, oh, I'm so bummed I missed out, but Again, flying back to Canada kind of sucks because we I have a whole day of flying. Usually I fly out first thing in the morning and don't get home till 11, 12 at night. It's just a long, long trip when you do it on a budget. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and you, you know, you, you go from uh, from bathing suit weather being out by the pool to uh, you know fli- flipping, uh, you know, flipping the tables in in Canada where you're bundled up, right? Actually, I came home to sunshine and no snow. We had a weekend in the positives. Uh, I mean, the conversion Fahrenheit. I'm not too, too familiar. It was maybe like 65, I guess, something like that. Like it's above freezing and the sun is shining. We have no snow. And actually, the first track, fan track here, Zoda, opened up and had their first open practice of the year. And I am so ready. I'm just waiting for my suspension and all my, you know, kind of knickknacks to come and put on my bike, and I'll be able to rip it up this weekend. I've already called my girlfriends. I'm like, girls, book it off. We're getting the motorhome, the Winnebago running, and we're going. <laughs> so I'm so excited. It's actually my turn, you know, to start riding again and start training because everything happens really quick. But it's it's uh it's nice here. We didn't have a lot of snow this year, so everything actually melted fairly quick, so that's good. Yeah, it was just <laughs> no snow, it was just freezing, right? Yeah, no snow, just you know, just deathly cold. Deathly cold. I mean, we have windshield warnings of um I think it's three minutes outside before like severe frostbite. Holy so <laughs> But yeah. it's gone and over with, so yeah. yeah. We we don't get that in Arizona, so I'm lucky. I doubt it. We get the you know, opposite. Arizona is one. Arizona is one state I've actually never been to. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to change that, right? I know. Like I hear it's <laughs> one of the nicest states, and it's huge. You know, obviously the Abbott's training facility. 
there's tons of racing and motocross there, and I've never been there. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll have to change that sometime this year for sure. <laughs> but uh, you get a chance to yeah. to catch up on the Supercross race. I know you were talking about DVR in it. Uh, you get a chance to catch up at all? Uh, are you kidding? Of course I did. I watched <laughs> it yesterday with my parents while I had a big old large pizza. <laughs> no, but Supercross um, was awesome. I mean, I don't know if you got the chance. But Indy is known just to be, like, a really awesome event. The stands were filled. But, I mean, if I had to sum up that race one word, it's carnage. What a tough night for so many riders. And the track was really, really, really tight and technical. There was tons of, you know, um, really tricky rhythm sections. Some gnarly, gnarly whoops. Um, It was funny because a lot of the advanced riders, you could see that, you know, they, on the podium speeches or, um, Anytime they could get on the mic, they're like, yeah, I love this track. When some of the, you know, not-too-comfortable guys were like, oh, my gosh, so sketchy. Um, a lot of people got played with bad luck. Tons of crashes. Oh, my. But, uh, I mean, that's Indy. Everyone knows Indy's a crazy event, so... Um, yeah, no, it was really, really good racing. Did you get a chance to watch? No, I still got it sitting in the DVR. I caught up, you know, I caught up with the storylines and the winners and stuff online, but uh, haven't had a chance to, to dive in. But uh, it looks like, I mean, uh, you know, the results: two fifties, four fifties, Dungey, Marvin. I mean, these guys are uh, these guys are on a roll. Yeah, honestly, those th- this weekend really kind of set it in for points. I think um, I do think Dungey and Marvin are going to walk away at the championships here. Huge, huge, huge feat for KTM. You know, they've never won a Supercross championship in the last, I don't know how many years, but um, you know, having two guys win could be huge. But, um, you know, there was a lot of guys played with bad luck this weekend as well. I mean, poor Savachi. Uh, we'll start with 250s. I mean, Savachi running in third, plays the whole moto, and had a DNF because of spike failure. Like, that's terrible. I mean, this kid's on a roll having some good luck this year and actually, you know, a top contender for top three. And, you know, having a DNF is just heartbreaking. I I mean, it's one thing for you personally in motocross to, you know, make a mistake. Um, I mean, that's on you. But having a bike failure is just devastating. It's out of your hands. I'm, it's a part of racing. But, I mean, I'm pissed. If something happens to my bike, I'm not too happy. Yeah. But then, I mean, look at Jeremy Martin didn't even qualify for the fourth time in his Supercross career, which means, I mean, now he's going to be out for the running for championship. And that's over with. And, yeah, it's just that's racing. Racing's crazy. You never know what happens. But, I mean, 450 was probably the race, like, one of the coolest races of the year so far, definitely. Um, Dungey, Steely, and Kennard, two of the HRC Hondas finishing second and third. And, um, I mean, look at Weston Pike, a strong, strong ride from him again, running third the whole moto pretty much and finishing fourth overall. And people have to keep in mind that he was out at the beginning of the year. He had a foot injury and couldn't train and couldn't do anything. And now he said he's finally able to start uh, training again last week. And, you know, we're seeing him pull out a consistent fourth place and running with the top guys all, all night. So, with a little bit more practice and a little bit more training, you know, his fitness will be right there. So, cool racing this weekend. It was awesome. Yeah, you know, I love it. I'm so excited to head out to the next race. I mean, off-road's cool, but motocross is my love, my one true love. Yeah. What's up next for you? When are are you heading out for uh, for another one? I know you're going to be in Vegas at the finale. Is there anything between then and uh, between Vegas and now you're going to be at? I don't know if 
I'm going to be able to hit up any other ones. Um, I'm really trying to focus now on my training, my racing starting. Um, i got to kind of plan my summer schedule and see what nationals I'm going to hit and, you know, what big events. And I'm really trying to focus on um, doing a North American motocross schools tour where I can head to some different states and um, teach them teach them schools and have some fun and meet a lot of new people. But, uh, no, now it's crunch time. Now it's, you know, putting in the work in the gym and on the track and getting ready for my season because i got a lot of races I want to win this year, and uh, it doesn't come from sitting on the couch <laughs> or hanging out in Supercross. i gotta, I got to do the work, too. So everyone always gives me a hard time. They see me traveling and all my photos on the Internet. And they're like, do you even race? What do you even do? You guys, I get like nine months of winter. No, it's not that easy for me. <laughs> so now I can start. So shut up, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny you talk about training and in the gym and, you know, I was talking with Sal Masticala and, and, uh, you know, at the mint and, uh, you know, and he's taken up CrossFit and, and some of this other stuff. And, and I've known Sal for a couple of years now and, and seen him last year at the mint. It was kind of like right after he'd, he'd started up training. Right. And uh, he looked good yeah. seeing him, uh, seeing him this year. I mean, the guy has lost a ton of weight. Uh, I can't remember what he said, like 20, hmm. 25 pounds or something. I mean, he's cut, Holy, but, that's awesome. but Sal was saying, he's like, you know, changing my life he's like he's like changing you know getting into fitness and he's like it changed my life but he's like not only that sal's kind of like you and i where he's on the road a ton and when you live that kind of lifestyle on the road uh people don't realize the toll it takes on your body and i think being fit and being in shape i mean it it definitely helps helps with the grind of being on the road yeah for sure i mean the hardest thing about traveling is not being able to um you know have that consistency in your workout routine so, you know, it's always about putting in a lot of effort during the week, doing, you know, I don't go to the gym and stick, uh, hang out for two hours. <laughs> I go and do, you know, one hour of hardcore hit workouts, training my butt off and, like, dying. So, you know, I, I see so many people go to the gym and just, you know, on the phone or, you know, talking to all their friends, and they're there for, like, two or three hours. And they're like, yeah, I have to spend all the time for hours, and I just go get it done, and, and go home, and now I try to go Monday to Friday, no excuses. Now it's nice outside. I can hopefully go for a run. But you have to do that when you take, like, the full weekend off or you're racing. And, we, you know, you know how it is when you travel. Like, you live out of your suitcase. You eat crappy food all the time. It's hard to go to a nice sit-down restaurant or, you know, find some clean, healthy choices when all you got is freaking chilies and McDonald's and airport. No, 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 no. So, what, what, what did you call it? Street meat, right? Street meat. Yeah, street meat. Street <laughs> oh, meat. Oh, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like street meat. <laughs> uh, I like, like the taco stands and, like, all those kind of little sandy thingies out, uh, in Vegas. But, yes, street meat, whatever. <laughs> don't, don't hit on my game. But that's the thing. Also, I, you know, I work out you know, to be able to race and handle my bike. But I also work out to be able to live a balanced lifestyle to, you know, I can go and have some fun on the weekend, have a drink, nice, you know, wobbly pop and some street meat and not feel guilty about it and, you know, not be on this grind where you have to eat crap, or, you know, really good all the time and you can't, you know, have some fun. But it's all about balance. If you live that right wing the whole time, you're, you're going to end up being miserable. So it's all about finding balance and, you know, working hard to play hard and that's what life's all about and you know that's what racing is all about too it's about having fun and you know, depending on what level you're on but um you no know, it is really really important to you know find the time to go to the gym to be healthy to be able to 
you know, raise such a best. But for me, it's all about confidence. If I know I put in the work at the gym, I can line up on that starting line with 30 other guys in D class and not be worried about my fitness and know that I can hang with everybody. And, you know, I'm, I'm always there. I'm like, you know, I put in the work. Maybe they didn't. So I have one up on them and I never have to second guess myself. So, you know, you, you and I, we both race in very individual sports. It's all about you and, um, you know, what you're capable of. So it's um, working out is a really big part of that confidence. So, and that's what Marvin, Marvin Musquin talks about all the time, how his, you know, his fitness is there. He's training with Alden Baker. He's the best he's ever been. And it shows, you know, he's confident and his, you know, it shows in his riding as well. So. Yeah. Well, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. Well, here's a question, you know, talking about Marvin, we've talked about him off and on this year. You think next year is the year he moves up to four fifties. You know, if he, if he gets his championship, do you think we're going to see him move into yeah. the four fifties? Yes. He already said that, you know, he's supposed to be on four fifties, but he hasn't won a championship yet on two fifties. So he wants to, you know, claim that title. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for him for, you know, kind of taking that hit on a lot of people getting down on him that he should be in 450. But, you know, now it's his time to prove what he's capable of and he's doing it. So, you know, good on him. But, uh, no, he said he's going to move up. And he'll be uh, a force to reckon with. I mean, he's training with Dungey and so Alden and Jason Anderson down in Florida. And he's already practicing with a bunch of 450 guys. So, and, you know, he has such a great relationship with his team. Him, you can always see, you know, on TV that him and Dungey are congratulating each other, cheering each other on. And then when Marvin's done at 250, he goes and tells Dungey some lines out there. Like, it's really cool to see. So, I mean, it, having that strong team relationship really makes for, you know, an all-around strong team. So you see a lot of these rivalries going around in – you know, in the teams, and that's just not what you have to win championships. I mean, um, whatever KTM is doing over there is certainly working, and, um, you know, a lot of people should follow that. Yeah, you know, and I could see Marvin as one of those guys, kind of like a Ken Roxon, when when he decides to pull the trigger and move up to 450s, yeah. which we're assuming is next year, I think right out of the box, I don't think there's going to be much of a learning curve. I think he's going to be a top three guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to see that for sure. But I don't really know. Like, I know he's a bit of a, a smaller guy. Uh, well, not, like, height-wise, but he, you know, I don't know how he can handle the 450. I'm not, I haven't seen him ride it very often. So, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, um, you know, it always takes people a, a little while to get their bearings on the 450. Because, again, you know, you're coming from a pack. You're riding now in a pack of a lot of seasoned vets who have a long-term like a long time history riding the 450 and you know, that's a really developed skilled class. It's not like a bunch of rookies in 250, but these guys have been at it for a long time. They know the bike, they know how to handle it when they get into trouble. So we'll see. I always say it takes fear. I mean, look at Ken Rockson. He's kind of struggling. His speed is there, but then when it comes down to that consistency, it's not. So yeah. Yeah, well, and, and talking about the veterans, you got to give it up for Chad Reed having a birthday over the weekend. Uh, you know, still, still, mm-hmm. still running strong. I mean, we've seen he can take victory still, and uh, got to give the guy credit, man. Yeah, he was not happy with his finish this year. <laughs> this year on his birthday, I mean, he was pretty bummed. Had a had a, a crash on the second turn there, but Andrew Short. I mean, Kate, I feel bad for him because here's this guy getting whole shots like no tomorrow. And we all know he must have some secret weapon. And it was exposed on national television. The guy starts, 
in third gear. I mean, that's totally unknown. Not many people do that. And it shows that he, you know, up clicked three times and is starting in third gear. And that's why he's getting all those awesome hole shots. And now his secret is out for the public to capitalize on. So <laughs> I kind of feel bad. So we'll have to see next weekend if anybody else ends up trying that trick. But yeah, um, sure. no, I mean, Andrew Short is just such a crazy talented rider. I, I totally enjoy watching him. Yeah, for sure. You know, definitely one of the great talents in uh, in Supercross right now. But uh, yeah, you know, it's, you know, I, it's it's been a wild Supercross season. And you know, at the beginning, Dungey kind of kind of struggling to find his footing, and it seems like now, you know, the guy's on a mission. I think what is it, three wins in a row? And uh, you know, I don't see the end yeah. in sight for him. He's uh, he's definitely he could run the table the rest of the series. I think. Yeah, for sure. And he again, he he's riding like a new person. He's riding like the guy we saw at the Nations in '07. Um, just aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. He's he had a little rough heat qualifier, um, semi or whatever it's qualifier one. I hate all the new terminology yeah. in four fifties. But um, you know, he came back in second off the start, early pass on um short and just clean clean race away. Like there was nobody touching him and um, but it's nice to see him riding aggressive and not waiting to kind of capitalize on any passes. Like he's in there right away, um, charging for it. So um, that's the Denji we all love to see and watch, and it makes for a really good racing. So um, no, I don't see him slowing down at all for the rest of the year. I think this championship is won by KTM, hands down. I'll bet all my money's on it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to bet against you on that one. I think, uh, you know, the KTMs are rock solid right now. I mean, they're just, uh, they're going to yeah. be tough to be beat this year. Uh, maybe in motocross, yeah. things will change, but in supercross, I think it's all, all the orange bikes. Western bike all the way for outdoors. I mean, it was funny. We were sitting there watching races, and you know, there's Marvin all smooth and gliding around, and um, you know, same with Dungey, just gliding over those jumps. And then there's Weston Pike just slamming into things, and you know, he puts the bike where it wants to go. You know, he, he he's in charge. He's just like manhandling that thing. It doesn't even look like fun or safe at all. It just looks like he's going for it. It's so funny. He's such a cool rider to watch. But um, no, you know, I think. If Weston works a little bit more on his fitness because outdoors is just 10 times as gnarly as indoors, obviously. You're in 100-degree weather, uh, 30 minutes times two. It's just, it really brings out the athlete in motocross. But, um, you know, if Weston can pull that fitness together, like he's going to be a force to reckon with. I can't wait to watch. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So uh, before we let you go, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you, you came back Saturday, you were in Vegas Thursday through Saturday. Uh, you know, what was your takeaway from the mint 400? Amy, Amy Hood's first experience of the mint 400. What was your takeaway? Um, I need to get out and watch the dang races out in the desert there. So next time I'll switch up my flight, but it was really cool. I mean, it's kind of like a, uh, toys for big kids. Like I'm going around snapping all these photos and sending them to my boyfriend because all these trucks are so sick and, you know, I'm just drooling over here about how nice and cool they are, but it sucks to be on the sidelines. Like, I want to race. I love to race and throw some, you know, big trucks around. I've been kind of ripping my truck around the city all day today, just wishing, wishing I had the opportunity, but um, it's really cool. I'm going to be back next year for sure. Uh, it's definitely something that people should come and check out. Like, it's a, it's a really unique event. Again, glitz to glam. 
in certain trucks. You, you can't get any better than that. It's cool. It's in Vegas at the um, um, the Golden Nugget, really cool hotel, historic hotel. And then having you know the pits down, um, Fairmont Street is really really unique. Like every you know you're walking next to these trucks, if you can touch them, nothing is behind ropes. But you you know as a fan, you get the full experience of this event, and that, that's what's key. I mean, you can go and look under them and. You know, look inside them, and it's just it's really, really cool. So I highly suggest if you guys haven't been to one, you should check out the Mint 400. That is, you know, an event of its own. So Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to call in, just as always. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you next week, and hopefully uh, you have some fun out of the motocross track this weekend. Oh, yeah. I'll make sure I take you guys some good video and pictures, and we'll send you some. So uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah, definitely. First uh, first run of the, the first, uh, I guess, first time on the bike uh, this season on an actual motocross track, right? Mm-hmm, that's for sure. Well, I was down in California in January, February, so I had the chance to test ride a Suzuki. But now I get to ride my brand-new 2015 Honda from Honda Canada, and I can't wait to break her in. Oh, so good. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, first uh, first time on the track on a new bike, it's uh, it's got to be a good feeling. Yes, it's always a. <laughs> All right. Well, well, always, uh, the first five years a little rough. I mean, you get arm pumped just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amy. Well, thanks for everything, and uh, thanks for everything, uh, you know, at the Mint 400, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. You have a good one, and we'll talk to you soon. All Bye-bye. right. Thanks, Amy. All right, that was uh, Amy Hood, our uh, our uh, resident Supercross motocross reporter, my uh, on-air sidekick, also hosted with me down on Fremont Street at the Mint 400. And if you haven't heard that episode yet, skip back into the archives and catch that one. It was great. Had some great personalities on air, uh, lots of great interviews. And, uh, man, guys, I mean, everything from Andrew Comrie-Picard um, to Ronnie Renner, uh, Ryan Arciero. I'm just trying to think, uh, you know, the guys from Terracross. I mean, we had uh, tons of drivers. Um, it was uh, just a great, great time. Uh, but quick giving you the rundown of results here. Uh, 250s from Indy. Um, it was obviously Marvin, uh, Justin Bogle in second, RJ Hampshire. Then we had Jordan Smith, Kyle Cunningham. That was your one, two, three, four, five. And then your 450s, Dungey once again, Seeley, Kennard, Pike. Davey Millsap, solid top five there. Uh, followed up by Andrew Short, Josh Grant, Tickle, Reed, and Weimer rounding out your top ten. Looking at the point standings for the 250 East. And uh, let's see here. We are at uh, Marvin leaving, followed by uh, Bogle and R.J. Hampshire. in uh, uh, Or Martin, R.J. Hampshire, and Joey Savacci. Uh, is your top five. Then looking at the 450s, your point standings, obviously Ryan Dungey, he is out front. Kennard, Tomac, Seeley, Rocks, and Reed. Anderson Baggett, Short, and Tickle rounding out your top ten. We got uh, Millsaps and Pike uh, right there on the bubble trying to make their way into the top ten. But uh, great Supercross season so far, and and things obviously winding down, but uh, it's definitely been a solid uh, a solid year for Supercross. Um, you know, Dungey hitting his stride, Marvin hitting their stride. But uh, don't forget, we're going to skip back here shortly to uh, um, skip back here shortly to uh, 250 West, 
and uh, it's it's going to be uh, going to be interesting. You know, we still got a battle going on over there, and then uh, we got the showdown in Vegas to wind things down in May. So lots of good stuff still to come with Supercross, and uh, we will be there covered it all for you with uh, with Amy Hood each and every week here on the Down and Dirty Radio Show. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, gosh, a great event at the Mint Four Hundred. Um, you know, great Supercross, winding down Snowcross season. Uh, you know, it was a big, big weekend for off-road action motorsports. And uh, moving into next week, we've got more Supercross. And uh, the big one, Lucas Oil, they are kicking things off. The Lucas Oil Off-Road Series kicking things off in Lake Elsinore. Uh, we've been waiting all winter, all off season for that, and uh, it is going down this weekend. And uh, don't forget Tanner Faust; he is going to be in action, and I am proud to say that uh, Tanner Faust is going to be one of our guests and one of our upcoming shows. So I uh, definitely look forward to having Tanner on air. But he's going to be competing there at Lucas Oil, um, and uh, you know all these off season changes. Kyle Duke has got his new truck; he's debuting that. Uh, you know it's going to be wild. You know who's going to step out to the early lead? You know Kyle; he's one. He likes step out that early lead and check out on everyone else. Anybody going to have anything in the tank in Pro 4 to catch him? Don't forget, we got Deegan. He's going to be pulling double duty in Pro 2, Pro 4. Um, Bryce, he's doing the same. Uh, lots of racing, lots of storylines. Um, who's it going to be? You know, who Who's going to merge out of Lake Elsinore with the points lead, who is going to be the man to beat this year, or female to beat? And uh, it's it's going to be uh, going to be a solid uh, solid weekend of racing. I'm definitely looking to see how all these storylines come together in the kickoff at Lake Elsinore for Lucas Oil this weekend. Uh, also, uh, in addition to that, we've got uh, uh, more Supercross. We've got Enduro Cross coming this weekend. The Formula Drift kickoff kick from Long Beach is coming. We've got Score, Baja Sur. We've got Stadium Super Trucks. They're going to be in action in St. Petersburg, teaming up with IndyCar. So uh, lots of racing action still on tap, and I want to make the announcement. Score, San Felipe 250, tomorrow, March 17th, 7 p.m. It is on CBS Sports. See you desert racing fans. Tune into CBS Sports. Sports tomorrow night, March 17th, 7 p.m. to watch the score San Felipe 250. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, been a great show. Really got to give a shout-out to uh, Shannon Campbell for calling in. Congrats to him on the finish at the Mint 400. Amy Hood, my sidekick on air every Monday. Uh, once again, thanks her. thank her. And uh, also, uh, Amy Jean Scott, your 2015 Miss Mint uh, go and give her a follow on Instagram. She said she's a working model, man. She needs to increase those likes. Give her a follow at Amy Jean Scott on Instagram, as well as Campbell, Shannon Campbell, and Amy Hood. But a great, great, uh, you know, great weekend of racing. Been a great show today. Lots of fun. Got to give a big shout out to Polaris Razor, General Tire, Rigid Industries, Dirtfish Rally School, UPR.com, Blue Water Resort and Casino, JMR Performance Brakes, KMC Wheels, Parker Motor Company, and MTX Audio, the official audio partner of the Down and Dirty Radio Show. It's been lots of fun today. It's been a great show. And I got to thank each and every one of you for tuning in each and every week. If you ever miss a show, you don't worry. We are available downanddirtyshow.com, or you can download our app. available on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, and the Amazon Kindle Store. Just, just search Down and Dirty Show, and it will pop right up. 
Also, lots of syndication agreements, including Performance Motorsports Network, our friends at Race Day Nation. Uh, so go and check, uh, check those out. It's all available at downanddirtyshow.com. Lots of places to tune in. And uh, you guys are the ones that make this show happen. And I appreciate you tuning in each and every week. And if you haven't done it yet, get our app. Download that thing. And give me a follow at JimBeaver15 on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Show. Got anybody you want to see as guests? Hit me up. Let me know. We'll definitely try and get them on air. And, uh, man, I'm going to sign off today. I'm going to go and get some rest. It's been a long, grueling weekend, and I'm going to get ready for that Lucas Oil kickoff this weekend and even more Supercross. Thanks for all of you for tuning in, and uh, we will see you next week. As always, game on. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.